Hey everyone, today is Wednesday, the 21st of August, 2019. This is the Gap, episode 481. I'm Luke Laurie, Job Gore is here, and we are working, I guess, half remotely today? Half remotely, yeah, we're getting getting ready for what's to come, I guess. The things to come, we're preparing for the future. Because, uh, yeah, I, uh, I flew down to Melbourne, or like Melbourne, uh, my little brother lives outside of Melbourne, uh, a lot further outside of Melbourne than he originally pitched. But uh, nevertheless, it is a... F- 18 hours outside of Melbourne. The house he has is fucking ridiculous. It is fucking massive. Yeah. I like, I legit, my new place, my current place, which is twice as big as my old place, would fit into like the fucking games room that they've got for the kids at this place. It's fucking redonkulous. Yeah. And it probably cost him 100000 a build or something like that anyway. Like, sweet <laughs> fuck all. Mostly because it's 16 fucking hours outside of fucking Melbourne. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, the um, yeah, the audio might be a bit uh, different. Yes. Today. Uh, yeah, maybe. A little, um, a little bit odd. Hopefully, it's all, all okay, though. It shouldn't be too bad. Not as bad as the old days where we're using... Uh, SingStar mics, SingStar mics, and uh, wire coat hangers, and right um, stockings but, for pop filters. It's called MacGyver shit, and yep. we were the kings of it. You know, um, you don't you don't get to four hundred and whatever fucking episodes, yeah, without starting pretty lo-fi. Not only is it four hundred and eighty episodes, Job, mm. but uh, we hit ten years, I think, last week. Really? Yeah. 10 years of yapping about video games, <laughs> and there's only two of us left. <laughs> and you barely scrape through in the 10-year fucking department as well, trying to leave me. I will continue to do this until I'm fucking dead. You'd be it's, in trouble this week because you've got nothing to talk about. It'd be a rough one. It'd mostly just me be me like verbally flating OG because it's... I spent all weekend watching them at the International and playing Underlords. Hmm. And when I wasn't doing that, when they weren't playing, when other Dota teams were playing, I was playing a bunch of games that are embargoed until next week, which has really fucked this week's podcast. It hasn't <laughs> done us any fucking favours, I'll tell you what. It hasn't. Um, I, uh... Next week's podcast is going to be fucking ripping. But this week's is... I just didn't think it through. At least you've got... like We've got some good shit. We do have some good shit because we're going to talk about fucking Ghost Recon. Mm. Uh, if you can fucking remember the last time you fucking played it, sixteen fucking months oh, ago, it was it was uh, rough <laughs> writing that preview because it oh. snuck up on me as well. Like I had so much time to write it, yeah, six weeks or something like that. But the problem between <clears throat> doing that event and everything else was that I had I had like the Call of Duty. Uh, multiplayer reveal. I had the Outer Worlds, Worlds like, Outer Worlds, Borderlands, yeah. Rainbow Six Siege. Um, like it was, it's been busy. We're talking about Rainbow Six Siege this week. Didn't we do that last week? No, we weren't allowed to. We can talk about Rainbow Six <laughs> Siege this week. There you Fuck go. yeah! Look at this go <laughs> on just, the fly. We just expanded our content on this podcast by twenty-five percent. <laughs> yeah, another hour. <laughs> um. So, yeah, it's been busy. And then on top of that, like, uh, we got Control and another game uh, that we can't talk about, our Ancestors. And they came in, like, really early. Yeah. Because that's not out until next week. And we've had that 
like two weeks early, which is nuts. Yeah. Um, it's going to so, be spicy discussions about both of those games as well because we've <laughs> both so, yeah. got thoughts on yeah. those games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like we've we've been obviously discussing it between ourselves. Yeah, I've been because I finished it on the weekend. Yeah, and I've had other media people hitting me up, mm. talking about it as well, like trying to because they're like, "Oh, I've heard you've got it." Like you know, talking about all these things that are going on. I went like picking my brain about certain things. So it's just been like a week of people fucking talking to me on discord and Twitter about certain things in that game. Um, yeah. Whereas, so I, I like, it's all fresh in my mind and, um, next week I think it's going to be really, uh, exciting or interesting to talk about. It's going to be a, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. 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 Definitely. Um, cause yeah. And, yeah. Ancestors control, um, uh, you've got another game as well. Um, yep. There's, uh, fuck, what's the game called? Um, True Telling Lies or something. Um, Logan Marshall Green's game with Sam Barlow from Her Story is coming out in a couple of days. Like, is it? Jesus, yeah. I, I've been trying to try trying to get a code for that, but I can't find I can't find a like contact. Um, yeah, for their PR group, so. That one's, but I'll I'll definitely buy that because I really like that first game and her story was having awesome. yeah. you know Logan Marshall Green attached to the sequel uh, and then like Erica came out uh, out of nowhere and yeah it's just been full on <laughs> there's yeah. so much stuff happening Borderlands is like three weeks away the sea the silly season started which is good mm. um yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna work hard to I'm gonna pursue reviews. This silly season, I think, uh, just because it's got to happen. Yeah, it's got to happen. We haven't had any backlash about getting game content, so it's been good, I guess. Yeah, so far <laughs> we haven't. No one said no to us yet. No, that's true. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> but yeah, um, I've only been doing like yeah, chatting about games on on the podcast. I haven't written a review in a while, and I want to get back in the swing of it because it's, it's it's easy to yap about games on a podcast sure i find <laughs> uh i just you know talk shit uh nobody can ever clap back at me and then the next week i'll like remember that something i said and i'll issue a minor correction and then yeah easy peasy it's the fucking it's the talk back radio uh world but like me and alan jones me and the, the man with the golden mic we're fucking we're the biggest dickheads around. Uh, Stephen A. Smith of, of video games. That's what it is, yeah. Mm. You could do that. Have a, a Twitch talkback show. Then I have to talk to people. No, but you just like hang up on them halfway through the question. Oh, you know, like what they're saying. That'd be good. And then that would be good. an idiot. And just, yeah. Then like, you let them get out half their concepts. I'll be like... Uh, you know what? I really think the Ghost Recon is a good game for, and I'll be like, "What four games? What? There's there's only three of them. You fucking idiot!" And I'll hung up, and I'll just like completely tear apart. Ran for thirty minutes. Argument they weren't making. Yeah, exactly. That's perfect. It's a genius idea. Um, let's talk about Underlords really quick. Uh, I've been playing it a little bit while watching Dota. Uh, just wanted to point out that, that Underlords has uh, grossly underprepared me 
for understanding everything that's going on in the Dota 2 International. <laughs> um, has not really prepped me for it at all. Uh, all of my uh, least favorite heroes in Underlords seem like fucking guns in Dota 2. Uh, fucking Enchantress? You seen her with her fucking spears? Where's her spears in Underlords? In Underlords, yeah. she fights out some fucking bees and Does dies. Yeah. Mostly the fucking ladder. She mostly just dies, right? Not, that's not the case. Oh, actually, while, while we're talking, while I'm swearing and stuff, someone came up to me the other day hmm. and they were telling me that I swear too much on this podcast. <laughs> I heard that as well from someone. Yeah. That for me, saying fucking is what I say instead of um. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, instead I, I basically just swear way too much all the I time. I think we've talked podcast. about this before. We've definitely, didn't, like, didn't we talk about this like last month? Uh, surely on, not on last here? month. I think it was really recently on here, and you talked about how this was your um thing. Um, oh, I just said um. So fucking checkmate to you, motherfuckers. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I dropped. Was it a PR C-box. person that told you this? Maybe because someone might told me this the other day as well. And it was a PR person. I thought it was a PR person. Look, the reality is okay. The reality of the situation is. I'm not going to swear anymore on this podcast. <laughs> That's not going to happen. I'm going to do my absolute best from here on out, okay? I'll give you so, four minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Underlords, yeah. Enchantress, is she a swear word? I'm yeah, going to say it's not. I'm gonna, oh, come on. Right, she's crap. Ass is a swear word in America. Oh, it is. say ass. Okay, well, she's crap. She's uh she's she's a no good Nick, I'll tell you what. Uh and um in Underlords at least, but in Dota too, she throws out the spears and they jack people up. Uh like I've seen some hairy she doesn't seem like a, a healer only type thing in Under, uh, in Dota two. No. Underlords take her for some heals. Yeah. So uh, it's very off putting. Bloodseeker, right? Maybe not so much this year's international. He hasn't been that powerful this year, but like previous internationals, Bloodseeker has been a gun. Saw some good slarks uh, in the international so far. I'm mostly just talking about the international yep. at this point. Um, it's been very entertaining. Uh, I've <laughs> watched. I feel like every year since you first made me start watching the international, <laughs> I've gradually watched more and more of it. Yeah. Um, Mostly because it's time-consuming. Like, it is disgustingly time-consuming. Hmm. Uh, and so, but as, as you know, as I've managed to justify things more working in esports, uh, I've managed to justify to myself uh, watching more esports. Um, I've watched more and more Dota. And uh, the last week, I watched a load a lot of uh of the group stages not just og's games i was primarily like if an og game came on while i was watching another game i would switch to it but um yeah no i watched a significant portion of the the group stages and uh it was spectacularly entertaining uh there were some awesome matches uh that I don't know. I feel like whatever they've done to Dota in the 12 months since I last watched Dota, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
they've done some really good stuff. They've made like they made it into a really exciting game. I, I haven't looked into this very much at all, uh, but like what I do know is that like it seems like they are really empowering players to like just go in be, before sort of the sixty minute mark hits. Like I know some games have. There was one game that went like a hundred minutes or something like that, but largely, it seems like teams are really capable of just going and and getting it done within the sixty minute mark. Um, there's a real ramp up, uh, a real like. There's not like a, a curved ramp. It's a real steady ramp of uh, of power to the point where, yeah, like it just doesn't seem. By the ninety-minute or hundred-minute mark, which was a TNC game, um, too many, too many players. Almost, I think, yesterday, every player in that TNC game I was watching versus VG, mm-hmm. every single player on both sides, or maybe one on on VG, was like didn't. Only one on VG didn't have level twenty-five. Everyone else was level twenty-five. Sure, and you know, like the. There's like a real reason for you to not let the other team get there because it turns into a situation where your advantage is like disappears, and what winds up being sort of extremely important is map control and stuff like that. But whereas if you can get like your best player to twenty five early, uh, you can really and then finish the game. You can stop them from ever getting the other team from ever getting that advantage or ever equalizing the game. And and so you've got a real incentive to finish the game early, to get it done quick, uh, to make sure that it never levels out in power. Because, like, yeah, you will still be able to outbuy them in terms of gear. Mm -hmm. But, like, some of the... There's the Aghanim Scepter. Uh, Now applies a wild change to every hero. Like yeah, every single hero. Now. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it, it's a huge deal. Like, it means that if they build towards that, right, like, they, they wind up having these these massive, massive buffs, this massive ability to, to change the landscape of the game. And so you've got to stop them from getting there, try to outpace them. It's, like, something OG is doing really well. Uh, I don't know if they're doing it particularly well. Oh, did it finish? Did they, did they win? They had to have won, right? Yeah, the game's over. Uh, <laughs> it had to be OG's win, right? Yeah. They're playing right now as we podcast. Uh, they won their first game. They won their second game, I assume, against mm-hmm. Newbie. Um, yeah, 2-0. Last time I looked, they were just ripping them up, uh, ripping Newbie up, because they had basically done... Like exactly, exactly what what I said. They they got I think in the second game they got Monkey King, um, buffed up, and then he was just able to run around and do whatever he wanted, and they mm-hmm. just couldn't stop him. And you were saying in the first game they got Io bumped all the way up, Io with Bristleback, yeah, and then yeah they just couldn't do anything to stop them, yeah, which is huge, right? Like that's that's OG pushing the pace, pushing the the tempo of the game. The only way to stop it, I guess, is to to ban them. To ban and their they heroes. They just pick yeah. up another hero. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, well, that's that's the other problem. 
But uh, clearly, they banned IO in the second game. You were saying so. At least they've they've learned that lesson, right? Yeah, because that was the main thing, right? Is that they were going through group stages with this IO or this Wisp and just murdering people who's traditionally like a carry, uh, uh, sorry, support, a support player for carries, but they sort of switched it around and had them like running as a carry with a carry. Yeah, and like they people people weren't able to stop it. There were multiple games where they were literally just sitting in the enemy team's shrine, murdering them as they spawned, like spawn killing them. Uh, What are you supposed to do about that? Ban IO, basically. I think the fear is that then you're wasting a ban, right? You're wasting a ban, except you really aren't. Well, no, not when they're 100% win rate with that character or that hero. Yeah. It's crazy. And then they, they were so confident. They were so sure of how they were going mm. that um, when they faced off against Fiji in the group stages, the last game of the group stages, they were just messing about, right? They just did their first game. They just sort of goofed about and did whatever. They, Yeah. And they were just taking team fights for no reason and, like, still half winning them and... Yeah, some silly stuff, uh, but highly entertaining. And yeah, like I was saying, every year since you made me start watching Dota, I've slowly started watching more and more of it. And I'm well in. I mean, this that's like I guess that's my point, is that this year it feels like it's not a... There's still a lot of Dota to watch, right? But I don't have to dedicate all of my time to watching it. Um, Because, you know, previous years before this, before this, like, current situation, Hmm. uh, current meta, whatever they've done to to make it feel like teams have to push the the envelope. Um, Yeah, like, games would regularly, like, carry on towards... Three hours, two like two hours, three hours. I think the longest one ever is five hours or something. Like, yeah. I have no interest in watching a game that goes that long. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but if if it's probably going to wrap up inside of an hour, yeah, I'm in. Right, I don't care if there's five of them and they all take an hour. That's fine with me. But yeah. It's like, it just means, I don't know, it feels more respectful of my time, I guess. Sure. And I think that's, um like, that's something they have been getting rid of for a while. Last year, I felt like the games were pretty quick as well. Yeah, that's um, true. But, like, moving towards the whole, um <clears throat> like, catch-up system and, like, speeding up games, um, basically, just sort of the way that... that economy works in that game now is they're trying to speed things up like you don't want i mean you don't really want to watch 30 minute games either 20 minute games like that's not fun you want to see like the hour games where it's a backwards and forwards or like one team is winning and then all of a sudden like another team comes and catches up right it's like going back to basketball because that's what i know but like you don't want to see one team just smash the other team or like you want to see uh, like a rivalry or something, or at least one team winning and then coming, like the other team coming back in the fourth quarter. Like that's 
what they're trying to replicate here for a product. That's what upset everyone about the the Warriors, you know? Yeah. Was the Um, idea that how could anyone possibly face up against them unless they are obviously LeJohn Brames, the greatest basketball player of all time. Hmm. Right. And so that's what they, you know, you don't want to see... You don't want to see twenty minute matches. You want to see the forty to an hour matches where there's a lot of fighting going on, and they're trying to intensifies fighting by people getting a certain amount of gold, and then also um, the way the new buyback system happens now that they've introduced just like the last couple of years, and like encouraging people to buy back and yeah. you have longer fights, fights that were now you know a minute long go two or three minutes long with one consistent fight rolling around like the map. It's um, yeah, it just makes for a better viewing experience. I think they know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, like, we talked about it last week, watching the OG documentary and people talking about how that last series is one of the best series we've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and Because those series were just so close. Like, you didn't know who was going to win. They were, they were, you know, OG was down to one and then managed to come back and, and win the whole thing. And, and uh, that, that came down to, like, one fight where they, yeah. they brought themselves back up and completely changed the sway of the game. Yeah, which is awesome. You know, that's that's 100% what you want to see in Dota. Like, I've seen a lot of people talk about what makes Dota great over the last week, and it's, like, so much of it is off the back of what OG have been doing, like, recently. Um, like, the, the IO carry stuff. Like, the idea that... They aren't super fixed sure. roles. Uh, there, there are strong ideas, but it's actually something that I'm seeing a little bit in the other direction of. Uh, sorry, seeing a little in the other direction for um, for Overwatch. Um, and something JB was uh, Johnny Bravo, one of uh, one of our patrons, was uh, talking about. Um, and yeah, I went and I had a look at some of the scrims ahead of the MEO in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Two weeks, yeah, week and a half. Um, and yeah, it's absolutely the case. It's the reverse where now a lot of people are sticking to their goats meta and they're yeah. using May as a, as the extra shield, the shield the to keep the goats situation continuing. Mm. It's it's such a reverse. That's that's a different one, though. That's because the skill ceiling in Overwatch isn't, I think, high enough to uh, to force players into uh, like a completely different playstyle. Mm-hmm. So they're so they're now so locked in the idea of goats that they're finding ways to make goats work. When in reality, goats was like completely divorced from how most people thought Overwatch should work like in the first place like obviously the role lock I think sort of like demonstrates how how different GOATS as a team composition was to how team 2 or 5 or whichever one it is that is Overwatch how they thought Overwatch was supposed to be played mm-hmm. and like they don't make heroes that conform to goats they make heroes that conform to their three roles support tank and dps um yeah it's it's 
like it's such a wild one because the real like if you dig far enough down what actually changes what's what the actual difference between the dota and overwatch because you know overwatch is a hero shooter right it is a moba shooter um it has a lot of moba in it um the real difference between dota and overwatch is that dota is balanced for pros hmm. and overwatch is balanced for as many people as possible and i think what that tells us at the end of the day is that like I, I know a lot of people don't like the idea of balancing for pros because pros are 0.005 percent of the entire population of the game right and it feels unfair to balance for them but the what what it means is that a the pro scene is educational it's an educational viewing experience so you can watch the pro scene and actually learn how to play you can't watch a pro overwatch team do like do goats for the 17 weeks in a row and learn how to play Overwatch because all you're learning is to how to play Goats, right? That, which is exactly the problem, right? People are still using... So they're balancing for the broad amount of people in Overwatch, but people are still using Overwatch League uh, as a learning experience, which means they're learning terrible, terrible habits about how to actually play the game because, mm -hmm. A, Goats doesn't work without a fucking... Damn it! I was doing so well! That was uh, five minutes. <laughs> Guys, doesn't work without a fucking pro team, right? Like, oh, you it, just did it again. No, I've given up. It's over. <laughs> um, it doesn't work without a fucking pro team. Like, you need that regimented, perfect team chemistry to actually pull it off. Because if you try to do it with like randos, it's never going to really properly work. Uh, hmm. Which is is again, the crux of the, of the issue, you know, like balancing for everyone. Most people aren't playing with, with five friends. They're not playing in pre-made groups. They're playing with maybe two friends and three randos, something like that. And yeah, it's, it's no longer educational. Whereas you can take what you've learned in Dota. Yeah. You can take this carry IO and you can shit up your fucking, your pub games with it. Uh, yeah. It's not going to work because you're not <laughs> Anna. But the concept of it, the concept of like the broad general idea of trying it, absolutely will. And the other thing is that uh, people were looking into it. Anna's been like playing carry IO in pub games hmm. for yonks. For like, he's got I think someone found found his uh, Dota buff yeah. page, and he's got like over a hundred carry io games and a staggering win rate on it mind you uh but like yeah this like he's definitely practiced it a lot right like if you were to dota's a game where you know you don't even know that you suck at it until you've played it for 50 hours right like you don't even know just how terrible you are at it until you've played more than a full week's worth of hours of this fucking game so like there's no reason to believe that you'd be good at io straight out of the gap gate but it does mean that you can try these things you can try all these different things and you can try what you see the pros do and maybe you can you can replicate it you can't do that in overwatch it just doesn't it doesn't work because it's balanced for the too broad an amount of people it lowers the overall skill ceiling um i honest to god overwatch lives 
we've said I've I've made so many fucking declarative statements about how Overwatch League lives, but honest, like the the one that I come back to every single goddamn time is they have to start balancing for pros. Ignore the people crying out. Don't even say they don't need to declare that they're balancing for pros, right? But start balancing towards the pros. Hmm. Uh, they have to do it because the only way that the scene. Because, like, the top players are the ones who find the most interesting things that are also generally educational. Like, the the uh, boosts in, in Counter-Strike, right, are discovered by people who are trying to find a competitive edge, right? There are heaps of goofy things you can do in Counter-Strike, right? You can throw a smoke into someone's head and get a kill if they're low enough health, Right, but the only ones that really count are the ones that actually, like the only ones that carry, that have an impact, are the ones that actually give you a competitive edge because it's a competitive game, and that's how you push. That's how you evolve the meta of Overwatch is to force the most competitive players to find the most competitive ways to play it, and the only way to do that is to balance towards the most competitive players. Yeah, yeah. One of the um. One of the stats I remember seeing after the group stages were done was that they did the hero breakdown list, picks and bans, and there was I think seven um, seven heroes out of the entire pool yep. that weren't picked during the group stages. Yeah, so a hundred and ten characters or whatever. Um, I think no, it was like two. A- there was two. There were two characters who were not picked or banned. Right. So it was like seven. But five of them were banned. There yeah. were two that were not considered at all. Yeah. In the out, stages. Out of that seven, the very first game of the TI um, main stage, one of those characters was picked up, which was Brewmaster. Because <laughs> uh, I was watching it at that time. I, oh, it might have been, yeah, they might have been talking about it actually during that uh, first day, having a breakdown. Right. But yeah, so seven characters unpicked and literally out of the gate brewmaster yeah so like just like the breadth of mm. what's viable <clears throat> throughout that entire tournament as as opposed to you know you're seeing like 95 percent of these characters being picked up or used in some sort of capacity and oh, in, and meanwhile in overwatch <laughs> you can get banned for playing off meta heroes yeah um banned or a warning i'm not sure one or the other like uh i think Overwatch, you, you get banned, and, and League of Legends, you get a warning for playing off-meta heroes. Yeah. Uh, like, because it's considered griefing. Meanwhile, there is no off-meta in Dota. You know, I as a carry, and um, <laughs> Crystal Maiden as support was right-clicking everyone to death when GH yeah. was uh, playing her. And, like, yeah, it's just some sort of big old clusterfuck or whatever the fuck. Like, it's just... Yeah, whatever. Just stuff's happening, and it's worth three something million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Make it happen. Um, yeah. No, it's uh, it has been a, a massive eye opener for me um, because, yeah, like they, you know, like I think if there's anything, anything about the international so far that I haven't enjoyed, uh. I don't think China is a good place for it. And I don't, it's not because of the crowds. I've seen a lot of people like whining about the crowds only cheering for the Chinese teams, but the amount of times 
Like that to me is just the same as hearing USA, USA yeah. in the back of the crowds. Whenever. It's a toss up, right? The like, USA or or but also like the Chinese teams that are uh, they were booing one of the teams that came out. TNC, yeah, it was TNC, was it? Yeah, but that's I, don't, I don't know the story behind that or, or why. Because Cuckoo is on the team and he was he was briefly banned for saying something. Oh, I remember this. Too racist. Uh, right. Yeah, so just go. Um. Anyway. Anyway, uh, no, like I don't give a fuck about that, right? Uh, cheer, don't cheer. No, I just think it's a bit. It's a bit gross to have a bunch of like, how good is Shanghai? Look at how beautiful Shanghai is. Stuff yeah. while less than half, less than a tenth of the way across the world. Hong Kong is in shambles yeah. uh, while they protest for to for freedom. For, you know, I just yeah, think it's a, such a yeah, it's a gross look. Um, and like, I don't, I wouldn't dare, I would never expect anyone on the broadcast team to acknowledge that. Like, good God, could you imagine? They're definitely all there on media visas. They would be booted out quicker <laughs> than like than anything and it's not really the platform for it either but you could probably temper how much you're jacking off the um glorious fucking um motherland yeah like a little bit in in light of how horrifying shit is going in hong kong Hmm. um yeah so that's probably my only real thing and apparently yeah like apparently scalpers have like stole, like snapped up all the tickets, and you can't get a ticket for the life of you. And, yeah, which is pretty shit. Um, but that that happens everywhere, and it seems like Valve didn't do much to temper that situation either. They just sort of released the tickets on mass, which I mean, nobody does that anymore. You can't you can't even buy fucking shoes these days without entering a goddamn fucking lottery. So I don't <laughs> yeah. see how the fuck there aren't fucking there isn't a fucking lottery for. The, Dota sales, it's ridiculous. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so far, it's been fucking primo. I'm very much looking forward to watching, continuing to watch it. Um, we're going to hit up GG Easy this weekend, I believe. Yeah, we'll try. Uh, uh, to watch more of it. Uh, so that's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. If I, if I wasn't in Melbourne this weekend, I'd probably... I'd, I'd be chasing down like Spawn Point or something, something like that to watch it. I, re- I really want to watch it in a live crowd this time. Like right. I want that live crowd atmosphere, the finals at least. Yeah, oh, well, I don't have a TV anymore, so I've oh, been no. watching it on my um my monitor. Yeah, <laughs> it's been right. kind of sitting on my monitor the whole time um, while I've been playing games. So yeah, I thought the opening ceremony was alright. Gaben came out with uh, his, his sandals on, so that means we're in for another long winter. Um, <laughs> th- th- he saw his shadow three more years of Half-Life 3 development. <laughs> nice. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I've been, I've been watching bits of it. I haven't really been paying too much attention to the, the like, the fluff pieces around it. Yeah. Um, all the, but all the interviews and the bits they do in between. Like, I've watched a couple of things Casey does, and she oh. always does a good job. Um, so action slacks still the worst. I haven't uh, seen him on <laughs> Actually, speaking of uh, the worst, there was a dude commentating with gods yesterday. 
I did not like his commentary. I have never heard anyone sandbag another fucking commentator <laughs> so hard <laughs> in my entire life. But guys would make some, yeah, it's not a great, it's not a great call. But by the end of the VG, VG, like the problem was, I think VG and TNT, those games went pretty long. Right. And by the end of like the second game, it was literally just dead air. Gods make like some half-assed quip, and instead of shutting him the fuck down, which is what this other dude did most of the time, he'd be like, "No, that's not true. like." Gods be like, "Oh wow, you you don't usually see that kind of thing," and uh, the other guy would be like, "Yeah, you actually see it a lot if you play enough pub games." And he'd be like, "What the fuck, man? Like, it's just that's a turn of phrase, man. Like, that's." Just how people talk. He's not saying you literally don't see things. Like, don't be a dickhole. Anyway, by the end of the second game, it was just dead air. Like, guys would be like, well, it's, uh, I haven't seen that in a while, have I? And, uh, have you? And then the other guy would just not answer at all. And it'd be like, fucking 15 seconds of silence. He'd be like, are they just death staring at each other? Is that what's, like, what's, what's going on here? Like, I don't even understand. Right. Anyway. This is the panelists. I don't know. I don't know who it was. It must but... be in the panel because God doesn't cast. He does. He does. He's on the panel. Um, who was I thinking of then? Who's the other Aussie? Toby. Must be Toby. Who cast with Toby? Sandrin. Not a fan. Uh, he's he's cast. They've they've casted a lot of grand final I, games. I know. I know they have. And I I think they should cast this. Like I'm a big fan no. of what Toby does. I don't. Get I didn't... fucking Purge and those other two idiots to do it. <laughs> at least they they don't have any banter at all, but at least they never shut the fuck up. I don't... I should go back through and yeah. chop out all the fucking dead silences. Maybe the maybe they hate each other. You know how, like, sometimes... They you don't know, hate each other. <laughs> maybe, like, maybe it happens. You know, it happens. Like, they just stop being friends. You know Mythbusters? You watch Mythbusters, yeah. right? Those two dudes hate each other. <laughs> Really? Dead serious, they fucking hate each other. Like, yeah. anytime, anytime you ask uh, Adam, right, what he thinks of Jamie, you're like, oh, I loved working with Jamie, you know, he's such a professional, <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And anytime you ask Jamie, because he's a fucking robot, what he thought of working with Adam, he'd be like, well, it was a, you know, highly profitable adventure for us to work together. And then they'd ask the two of them, Oh, uh, would you work with the other one again? And they were like, no. Uh, like, they fucking hate each other. They absolutely do not like each other. You can see it in the later seasons of Mythbusters. They, like, just grew to hate each other more and more. And, like, the producers would pit them against one another more and more. And by the end, clearly, now... Sounds like a Mythbusters episode oh, that we need to do. <laughs> got to bust the myth of Jamie and, and Adam hating each other. I don't think... It's not a myth, mate. It's dead serious. It's true. You can fucking look it up. And now, Toby and Sin. Cinderin hate each other. Right. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm hoping they do the final. I was certain it was God's. I thought God's was the one who said everything fucking dumb. He's the one who, who says Millen instead of Milan. Right. I don't know. And there, oh, there was something else. Pudge? I think he said Pudge instead of Pudge. Like, he says a bunch of fucking words weird, and it's weird, man. He has been overseas for quite a while. That's not... Nobody says it like that. <laughs> nobody says any of these words the way he says them. That's the thing. <laughs> Only he says them that way. 
Right. Like, alive. The only person alive. It's That's why I thought it was God. Because yeah. he was definitely busting out some weird words. Anyway. Um, yeah. Dota. There you go. It's good. Uh, any Underlords discussions you want to talk about? Uh, it's still the same. They, they did a, like, preliminary patch... Yep. Or like a the future, a plan the plans for the future. They're doing geos soon. Okay. See this? No. Let me see if I can bring it up. Um. So they're doing geos. Uh, they got a different name for it, but it doesn't matter. Um. They're working on bringing the underlords in, finally. Uh, but they don't have time frames. They're on like a couple of weeks time frames, um, which isn't terribly you know helpful um like it's not as informative as you think oh yeah in a couple of weeks we'll bring in blah 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 and you're like well like i'm wondering what you're doing this week though so underlords are they talking about like like char- like hero characters sort of like um uh magic the gathering slash hearthstone type heroes is that what they're no, going for these are these are little like when you take health, your your health in game mm-hmm. is supposed to be an underlord's health because the way it worked in auto chess was that you had like a little avatar in game that was on the side of the board, and the way it works in team by tactics is when one team t- deals damage to the other, they shoot the other one right with some magic blasts. Sure. Um, so that's basically the underlords are little the little avatars of you as a player. Yeah, but they're, yeah, but they're to... not giving, like, abilities. And... Yeah, they are. That's the thing. They're yeah, ch- so this is like the Magic the Gathering slash Hearthstone type thing where there's all these characters that you can play as, as and they've got different abilities, like your mages and your warlocks. And... Oh, I guess, yeah. More Hearthstone than Magic the Gathering. I don't know. I heard of Magic the Gathering. And like I Magic was... the Gathering Planeswalkers. Planeswalkers aren't like that. They're units that you play. They're just legendary fucking units. Get your fucking get your fucking Magic the Gathering. <laughs> no, right, no, but mates. there's there's uh there's modes in Magic the Gathering where you play as like planeswalkers and they have abilities. What? Yeah, there's like modes that you can play as special modes. Nobody wants to know your fucking house rules from Magic the Gathering, Luke. It's not a house rule. It's a, sure, it's a it is. proper. Oh, I'm a planeswalker now. Nobody I'm cares. Pre- I'm pretty sure you've played that game. Okay. We absolutely <laughs> have. <laughs> Anyway, Duo's game mode, we're calling it Battle Buddies, but Duo's is a bit more professional. Um, just party up and battle against three other teams. This is this is something that already exists in Auto Chess, the mod for Dota 2. Mm. Uh, it's cool. It's fine. I don't know. I'm not wild about it. Uh, Underlords, they'll introduce the Underlords in the next few weeks. Um, change the UI, especially on PC, based on feedback. Uh Introducing new heroes and alliances, expanding the roster, and creating new and interesting ways to play. Underlords, this needs to happen. ASAP. Um, and uh, Season 1 is the update where the beta, beta turns into a fully released game. So, uh, A, it looks like the initial pre-season um, is coming to a, a close. Mm-hmm. And B, so the Battle Pass preseason. So if you haven't got all your Battle Pass shit, then you better get on it. And B, um, wait, what the fuck is City Crawl? Season 1 is the update where our beta turns into a fully released game. So expect features like the new and improved Battle Pass and others like City Crawl to make their first appearance there. What the fuck is City Crawl? 
I don't know what city crawl is. City crawl. <laughs> I don't know. How loud is it when I t- type on this thing? It's okay. It's, it's not that loud? No, not from what I can hear. Um, I'm gutted. I thought it would be louder because it's, it's t- attached to, and you know. Has- yeah, like... Because my other keyboard's so loud. I'm I'm genuinely thinking about getting a new keyboard, eh? Hmm. And mouse, actually. Um, now you're doing that on purpose. It's getting louder. Uh, people think it's a tavern brawl style style of, of game. Oh, right. So so buy gold and spend it to get. No, tavern brawl wasn't buy gold. Gears or something. Gears. Yeah, like cosmetic stuff, wasn't that? Tavern brawl like was tavern just like, was like... Boats. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Let's move on. Yep. Uh, what do we got here? Rainbow Six Siege. Yes. The um, the latest major was on over the weekend. Riley Major. Team Empire picked up the win. Um, so some redemption from them. Dominating win. They smashed G2. I watched it. Um, I watched quite a bit of it uh, yesterday. I didn't watch all of it because it was six hours. Um, I was like four hours, but still. <laughs> It was a lot. Um, I didn't have that much time. Uh, so, yeah, I was watching it. Um, they were, like, Empire were just really good. They just had, I mean, G2 started out really strong. Like, their first rounds, really strong. Uh, but, like, after that, yeah, Empire just seemed to get the, the swing of them. They just seemed to have their, their number every every. Everything G2 tried, they just couldn't get anything going. Um, one thing I noticed, uh, it's a lot of downtime between rounds hmm. in, the, in that. And I think they need to cut down on that a bit, to be honest. Uh, obviously, they still need time. Uh, but yeah, there's, because the because there's the droning phase. Yeah, which is like nearly a minute. Yeah. Um, there's, there's like the pick phase as well. Um, winds up like really extending how long a, a round is. Um, so I found myself like skipping quite a bit just to get yep. to the actual action. Yeah. Um, which yeah, I think is not great for a, a live viewing experience. Um, because obviously you want people to be engaged the entire time, not just. The fun bits, uh, which I guess is yeah one tiny drawback that it has compared to Counter Strike. Anyway, um, nevertheless, uh, with that in mind, we got to play Rainbow Six, uh, the new contents because they yep. re- revealed the new two new characters who are a part of the what's the fucking update called? Ember Rise. Ember Rise. Operation Ember Rise. She's bringing with it a brand new rework for Kanal. Uh, I had to correct them because they were saying it wrong at this event. Yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Canal? Yeah. yeah, it's not canal. It's no. canal. You can canal. see how it's spelled. <laughs> so, um, yeah, reworked canal and uh, two new characters, um, whose names I can't remember. I can remember what they do. I can't remember. What Goyo and Amaru. Amaru, that's it. Goyo and Amaru. Amaru is fucking amazing. 
She's spectacular. I love her. Um, I reckon she's going to like really change how people play Rainbow Six uh, because it dramatically changes the amount of pacing mm-hmm. that uh, attackers can can bring to the table because a lot of the pacing, like pacing, is always dictated by attackers in every game uh, because of the way basically attacking works. You decide when you want to go on the attack. You will decide when you want to actually attack. Um, so, yeah, generally pacing is decided by the attackers, but it is also decided by the game itself uh, in the sense that you can't really... You can't push the attack faster than you can move, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you are, at the end of the day, limited by move speed. Um, Amaru has a grapple hook, basically, Um, that zips her up around the goddamn map. And it's amazing. It's so cool. Uh, She can aim it, sort of contextual based on what you're aiming at. Uh, So if you're aiming at a ledge, it'll sort of zip her up to the roof. If you're aiming at a window, it'll zip her straight through the window. Uh, and if you're aiming at a hatch above you, then it'll zip her up through the hatch. So you can now uh, zip up hatches and open uh, hatches. Yeah. Open hatches, yes, um, and and use that as a different method of entry to sure. a floor above and stuff like that, which is a huge game changer. Um, and uh, yeah, oh, uh, it's 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 awesome, like. I played with her bits. Uh, she can't. She can't zip onto windows that have a castle. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, she's pretty like pretty good to go. She can go through a lot of stuff. As we found out, we did a lot of experimenting <laughs> to find out what she could uh, exactly she could interact with. She can uh, when she comes through the window, she basically melees. Yeah, like a flying uh, kick. Yeah. Um, it's an insta kill. Uh, no, no. And if you've got three people all stacked behind one another, she will kill three people all in a row. Uh, Which is never going to happen in a obviously <laughs> in a pro game. But but yeah, uh, it's still still a big deal. Um, yeah. yeah, there was uh, what else? She can like kick her way through a Tachanka shielded mounted gun um yeah like she just kicks through shit um kicks straight through the window it's massive because the ability you then have to attack extremely quickly so we were playing four aside uh it was you me nate and uh ubisoft pr dude who's only just recently gotten into pc gaming uh, versus uh, two console scrubs, I think. <laughs> um, two console scrubs, the coach for Oddity Esports, uh, who's quite a, a good player himself. Uh, and I believe he, uh, the, the fourth dude was a Rainbow Six influencer. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had basically two good players versus three good players in you, me, and Nate. Uh, it was... And Shane. Shane's fine. 
Um, throw him under the bus. <laughs> not trying to, I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. He's just, you know, we're good, and he was fine. Mate, he's in gold. Mm. What are you in? In your mum. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so we smashed him. <laughs> it was fucking gross. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was disgusting. Uh, uh, we were, by the end, we were memeing our balls off. I went to Chankar, uh, got two kills as to Chankar, uh, because they kept peeking the same very shootable wall. Hmm. Um, yeah, we were just like, I think we had a round where we didn't pick the new characters at all because we got sort of distracted hmm. trying to pick the dumbest shit. Um, and. Goyo and Amaro are both pretty good. Um, I had a round where I killed like three of them before you guys were even in the fucking building because I Amaroed through a top window and just like ripped through them. It was beautiful. It was wonderful stuff. Uh, very exciting. Hang on, what's Go- Goyo's ability? We didn't talk about Goyo at all. No, you skipped that. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> Let's go back. Let's rewind to Goyo. Yeah. So two speed, two arm operator with yep. a deployable shield. Mm. which is the new deployable shield that's got the slits in it, like the glass slits. Yep. Um, there's a sort of like these um, throughout the, I guess you could call them sort of like mirrors um, window so that you can see through them on the back side of it. Yeah. Uh, so you know what's happening in front of you. You get more of an indication. And then on the back of it as well is this giant gas canister that when you destroy it, <clears throat> destroys the shield and leaves a pit of fire in in its place for about 12 seconds or 11 seconds. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Um, and it's if so you long. stand in that damage, you get uh, tick damage from the fire. Yeah. You will die. If you just stand in it from 100, you'll go from 100 to zero. Pretty quick. Uh, before it burns out. Yeah. Like, it's a significant amount of damage, um, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, yeah, it looks exactly like the regular deployable shield as well. So you don't necessarily know if a shield you're walking up to is an exploding one. Um, yeah. It's good. Like, it's a it's a pretty good, subtle way to, A, introduce the brand new shields and get yeah. people thinking about how to use them, and B, uh, like, really lock off and slow down the pace of the attackers, which is important, as I said, because Amaro is about pushing that pace, um, or ca- very capable of pushing the pace. She's yeah. not necessarily about pushing the pace, but she's very capable of doing that. Yeah. I think it's going to get changed. I think it's too OP at the moment, the way it's set up. The um, fire. He, yeah, he's got three shields. Yeah. We, we, the, the way we did our testing, um, I think, breaks it a little bit. Um, basically... Yeah, you can use all three shields and they don't interact with each other. So if you do shoot one and it destroys, the yep. other one doesn't destroy, which yeah. means you can like stack them up or you even close, yeah. Or even just like literally put them in a line in front of a door and you've blocked that door off for 35 seconds. Yeah, it's it's a massive it's shot. It's too team. much. Yeah. Right. Um so either they need to change it so that they destroy each other. Yep. Or no, he loses a shield, or the the time on the actual incendiary drops 
I think I the th- time I think... has to stay. Yeah, I think I think they just have to destroy each other. Yeah, yeah, because so, you can't have three. Yeah, shields. <laughs> like no. li- you can literally block a door off for about thirty-five seconds, and that's um, you know, smoke is generally who they're using these days to do that sort of thing. Like they'll take a smoke and just pop a couple of them in the corner. I mean, maybe they do. How many does a smoke get these days? Is it three? I think it's three, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, but I don't. I don't remember. Isn't how that eight seconds? Or something? I, yeah, I thought it was eight. Yeah, I thought they nerfed him down a little bit, so maybe they just bring it down. Um, yeah, because in the end, I think maybe smoke ends up getting like this is the replacement smoke in my mind. What if you went both of them? You could literally shut down a fucking like entry point for an entire minute. That's pretty <laughs> huge. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um. Yeah, two speed, two armor. They're both two speed, two armor. So yeah. both pretty capable of you know going anywhere and doing whatever, um, which is cool. But I do feel that Goyo is very much a side defender just by nature uh, of like the way he plays. I mean, I I don't think he. Sorry, Goyo. Goyo yeah, is a dude, uh, yeah. yeah, side defender. Sorry. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I like. I just. I. I think he'd be better. I don't. I mean, unless you were to do what you just said, uh, I think what you really want to do is sort of um, time it, like uh, wait it out and put it down, smoke style, um, to slow them down as opposed to, yeah, hmm. necessarily putting them all down at the start and then bugging the fuck out. Yeah. But yeah, uh, new Kanal is awesome. I really like what they've done with it. There's so many new ways to get to the two different buildings. Yep. So many, like so few windows, uh, which, is which is awesome. Cause you just get spawn peaks. Yeah. Constantly. Like, you can still get so many peaks, windows, but yeah. uh, like it's no longer basically guaranteed. You, you literally had to pick, you had to roll one to 24 on which window you looked at first uh, to work out. Cause people, people would literally just smash all the windows at the start, like in the prep phase, they just yeah. smash every window, smash a hole in all of them. And then you would have to look at all of them to work out where you were about to get sniped from. It was just garbage. It was such a bad way to play, like to go down anyway. So they've, yeah, they've fixed that. Um, yeah. Two different entrances, uh, two different tunnels, sorry, between the two buildings. Uh, they changed boat room a little bit. So that's a little less hideously cluttered, that's a little larger as well. There's a little bit more into play. There's a weird little tunnel underneath yeah. the showers for some reason now. It takes you from one side of the map to, um, sorry, one one entrance to the other, basically. Yeah. In that boat area. It's internal. Yeah. Like, it's entirely internal. So. Well, I think it's just another way of getting you, like, there's now two ways to get around that area, or even three, you could go through the stairs as well. Right. As opposed to just one before there used to be just one way in and out yeah yeah um it's just yeah odd i don't know um i don't think i'd ever use it basically unless i was like hiding as a defender that's probably the only way i'd use it i'd never use it as an attacker uh because i feel like you just get murdered on the ladder um anyway so yeah that's great over the other side on the uh, um main building Main building, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot less windows up top. 
that's where they pretty much removed a lot of them. Yep. Top uh, of the building. It's still like largely the same layout in server room, uh, yep. but there are yeah some significant differences in the in the window situation. Um, Second staircase now. There's no longer a main staircase that goes yeah. down the middle of the building. There's one on the far west side. Um, I think that's west. <laughs> on the far side towards yeah, construction. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that window above that staircase, that's where I was <clears throat> leaping in through as a Maru constantly. It was, it was huge. It was awesome. It was such a boss way to get in. Because um, as long as they weren't on in server room, uh, it's not like directly line of sight to the, the, any of the stairs necessarily. Yeah. So you've got like a couple of seconds to write yourself. So as long as you're not too far away, uh, you zip across. It's zip line time. And then you get through and you've got at least a couple because she doesn't bring her gun up immediately. She doesn't come through the window ready to fire. You need like a second to actually ready your weapon. Yeah. Um, so she's quite vulnerable at that moment but as long as you put yourself in a position where they aren't you're and so she can't counter against frost traps either. no yeah that's true because yeah. she can't use her weapon to no. shoot them yeah. i mean frost got to the point where pros were generally pretty good yeah i mean they get caught off for the most part but you can jump through a window and shoot the trap before yeah anything goes up but in amara's case you can't do that no um, and they were showing examples, I think, in the video. I, I didn't really watch the video that they showed during the the major, but uh, putting like charred like uh, traps, like the frost trap, and then like another trap on top of it to kill them or to finish them off. So yeah, like sneaky things you could do with that, um, or even like a poison, a goo mine. <laughs> you could probably do that as well to like instantly kill them. Yeah, yeah, you could, yeah. Um, that's how you'd have to do You'd have to pick the windows that you felt were the main entry, like entry points, the, yeah. the ones that you can't easily cover and then, yeah, just trap them up like a cap can or a, uh, frost or a goo mine would be perfect at that window in particular. Yeah. Cause otherwise you'd literally have to fucking watch it, which would just be annoying. Really it'd just be annoying. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, <clears throat> couple well, other things. Yeah, um, it's had a paint job as well. They've uh, basically taken oh yeah the same sort of design philosophy that they did with the Australian uh, map Outback. Um, when I talked to them back then about the level design, and they had this idea of like wanting to give th- like rooms themes or, or or like specific colors so that you knew where you were and you didn't get lost. Um, and they've taken that design philosophy and sort of implemented that into some of these maps that they're putting out now. And so, um, yeah, the rooms are, are color-coded. So, you, you know, before it'd be like blue steel sort of inside, like a blue silver color. Mm. Um, and now they're actually color-coding the floors and you can look at it quickly and be like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm on the second floor now. Well, you know what like room you're in. So that's like going through and just making like simple design decisions like that. Um to easily recognize uh, for newer players like where they are is a bit more helpful. It's a huge deal. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm on the green staircase. Okay, cool. <laughs> like, you know exactly whereabouts you are because we could see that at certain situations that, you know, because now there's two staircases. All right, well, I'm not on main. I'm on green staircase. So <clears throat> it's basic stuff like that. Yeah. 
Um, what else was there? Um, how'd you go with some of the weapons? So, Goyo's so they're reusing the weapons. Yeah, they're re- they're reusing all the weapons. And I think the design, the decision I saw about that was they don't want to make. They want new. They want sorry, old players to be able to play these new characters, but not feel like they've got to relearn weapons and how they behave. Yep. Like they just want them to jump straight in and have fun with them immediately with the new abilities, as opposed to being like, "All right, now I've got to relearn um, like weapon spread and recoil and yeah. and how these weapons ha- like handle." And then, and they're attacking know. a lot of weapons that they felt deserved more love. Sure, like um. Is it Goyo has mirrors? Um, the shotgun. She has... No, no. He has the the fucking SMG. Um, the Vector. Yeah. The Vector. The God Gun from PUBG. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's Mira's gun, and it's a beast. But she's the only one who gets to use it. Um, I don't know how that noise was for everyone at home, but... Uh, didn't sound great from my end. Uh, I'm just adjusting. Your head is getting smaller and smaller in the video. That's what I'm aiming for. You just look like a, at the moment, you sort of just like a chin up and that's it. Oh yeah. Perfect. (laughs) Can you see straight up my nostrils? Because that's what I was aiming for. Yep. Uh, Oh yeah. Cool. That's, that's cool. All right. I'll try and fix that anyway. um, So we had Korean fried chicken for lunch and uh, the burps are still very garlicky. It's some good stuff. Um, yeah, so they were taking weapons that, that, yeah, just don't get a lot of love, that don't get used as much as they would like, and they're um, adding them. And I think it's going to be good for, like, balancing those weapons as well, you know? Like, yeah. uh, it's hard to balance a mirror weapon when she's the only, like, a vector when she's, mirror is the only one using it. But now that you've got Goyo and Mira using it, it's uh, a little bit easier. There's a little bit more data where, yeah, like, there's a lot of use cases, a lot of special use cases where you might not necessarily get as much data as you'd like. Um, for how how weapons work, because I do think the vector the vector is the best gun in fucking PUBG, and it's a beast in Rainbow Six. Um, it always has been. So yeah, they've they, I don't know. I, I always went the the vector, and they got to make sure that it's properly balanced. So yeah, it's a good it's good for a lot of different reasons. Um. And yeah, they've got heaps of guns. I don't. I don't. Some people are upset. I understand why you'd be upset that you're uh, you're not getting new guns or whatever. But I don't measure my value for money hmm. concept for Rainbow Six out of how many new guns I get, uh, and especially with two operators who are as super varied uh, and who feel as game changing as uh, as Goyo and Amara. Yeah. I just think it's it's you, you're getting absolutely getting your money's worth. Yeah, yeah, and that that was my thing about the last set of operators, um, Warden and Nook, is that they seem more angled towards competitive play, right? Um, like you're not like you, they're not the type of players where like you go on a casual game like I'm going to play as uh, Warden, the guy yeah. who can see through smoke. Yeah, because you're never going to see smoke. Can someone right? bring smoke with them? Yeah. <laughs> like that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, whereas you go back to the Australian theme maps and two really fun operators to play, you know, yeah. being able to chuck down traps and or still 
um, steal people's drones. Like they're stuff that you could play in casuals. And these two uh, are again, like not only good for casual play, but they bring some interesting um, sort of ideas to the competitive scene as well. Yeah. Whereas I think Warden and Nook were very sort of focused towards the competitive scene. We don't know yet because they haven't been introduced, but they will be this next season coming up. But I feel like they're more like, you know, being able to hide from cameras and stuff like that is, is more important to, um, to, to their sort of their metal at the same time. Like you need, you need that ability. Like you need to be able to make characters that are, competitive right like as we were saying before right like you need to be able to focus on competitive on the competitive scene and build the competitive scene out ironically uh we were speaking with uh raven i was speaking with raven uh about um nook and what's his face warden uh entering the competitive scene and he's not convinced that nook's gonna see much play he doesn't think she has that much utility sure Uh, um nook is the one that's able to hide from cameras yeah um and she makes like a bit of a distorted image i believe when she's moving is that right i think that's yeah yeah that's how it works yeah like yeah um he was saying yeah there just isn't that like the the way the game plays just doesn't really facilitate that um that what she brings to the table all that much while warden on the other hand uh absolutely absolutely uh enables some interesting play because of the way he interplays with other characters and because of the 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 way he interacts with what other characters can do he can really shut down some pretty strong gameplay options um but obviously he has to exist so yeah he was saying i think he was saying he'll he'd expect warden to be a popular sixth pick Right. Probably not a main pick. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Nook works by if she's running on the camera, then it creates that effect. Whereas yeah. if she's walking, then it doesn't happen anymore. So it's only running. Still. I yeah. Mean, yeah. I think, it's sort you, of I that... think you did say that in like against teams with like a strong cav. Yeah, um, people that have rumors, yeah. Yeah. Uh then yeah, she might be might wind up being powerful. I mean, we were mostly we were talking pretty broad strikes. I, I was interested as to whether or not he feel felt like um, we're getting to a point where, you know, um, Rainbow Six is getting to the, like the the pure counter pick where you pick against the team as opposed to pick against their immediate pick or pick pick on meta. Instead, you pick against what a team likes to do. Yeah. Um, whether we're, we're reaching that point in in Rainbow and. He seemed to think so. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but I do think we must be getting close at, at the very least because there are enough enough operators now that you would have, like, teams would have styles. And so, yeah, you could pick against their style. You could try to counter their style type thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Cool. Um, some of the things they also announced was there's a battle pass coming um, for the next season and in doing so they're oh, sorry for season four um, and they're going to be trialing a uh, this will be like a trialed mini battle pass for about a week and it'll be mm. free 
and that'll give you unlocks of cosmetic items and renown boosters, um, that sort of stuff. Very similar to the sort of style that we've seen in other games like um, PUBG, Fortnite, uh, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty, like that sort of thing. Um, but I believe the trial one is going to be like a one-track system. Whereas the fully fet, like the full on battle pass is going to be the premium and freemium, uh, tracks. So one of them you will pay, you know, a subscription fee or whatever it is, um, to unlock the premium track and you'll get more items out of it. But there's also still a free track that you can go through. What that's going to entail, kind of hard to, to know at the moment. Um, they're still obviously tinkering, uh, tinkering with it. And yeah, we'll get an understanding of exactly how that works because, not sure if it works based off challenges because games already got challenges. Um, if it's going to be like, uh, you know, daily challenges, weekly challenges, weapon challenges, or if it's going to be based off your score at the end of the game. So who knows? It's um, still to come, I guess, more details in that one. I'm not wild about this, to be honest, uh, because I think with the season pass situation, their monetization system is already pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Um, this feels like a bit of double dipping to me, but obviously sure. we will have to wait and see how it's implemented. Just maybe, my... maybe it ties into it somehow. Maybe there's maybe. like a yeah, maybe, maybe there's like a ten dollar one. Maybe there's a fifteen dollar one that gives you the season pass as well. Or something I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Like, yeah, maybe maybe they can work around it. It just yeah, my gut reaction to the announcement was not wholly positive because I feel like Rainbow Six has a system in place already that I think works, you know? Mm. Uh, but yeah, we will have to wait and see. I'm just just talking immediate yeah. gut reaction type stuff. This is going to be like next year stuff, basically, the yeah. battle pass. Uh, the mini one's coming within the next couple of months, but that'll be just a weekly, like one week. And then season four, which is the end of basically January to what? Or, or December to February. March is usually around when the big, uh, the last tournament is on. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what they do around then. But I'm still keen to see like what that, what they're going for. We've seen stuff backfire, like with the Apex Legends um, pass. So I'm, I'm sure they're looking at what's going on over there. Um, at least they're doing things by trialing what's going on. Like Valve's doing the same thing with their season pass. They've been trialing it for a couple of you know, a month or two now. Yeah. Um, yeah. As long as they do it in a way that is not going to upset the community and they feel like they're being treated fairly, then generally people will be okay with it. Yeah. Uh, was that all they talked about? Oh, they're changing things like rank systems, um, new ranking in there. So oh, like yeah, another new- tier on top of what they've got. It's not going to um, affect you, like, but me, I should be worried, obviously. Yeah, you'll, As, you'll uh, be dropping down to Bronze 4. They made a new higher rank. They've also made a new lower rank for yeah. Job. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the fuck Job is doing this time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, they changed the way that uh, reversed friendly, well, not changed the way reversed friendly fireworks, but they've sort of expanded on it. So now it incorporates uh, whether or not you're in a squad. So yeah. it's to stop people from being like in a team and then one person team killing someone 
Yeah. And then and the next person team killing the same person and then like chaining it. Now it'll recognize it. All right, this team's in a squad and it's going to consider them as sort of like one player or the set, like the same team. So it'll, it'll go after them more heavily um, and take that into consideration. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a solid move. Like it does, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot to like about what they announced. Uh, I think they're making a lot of moves in the right direction. Uh, they continue to, yeah, to do all the right things. There are just a, a couple of things that I really like to see them address. I think that I don't, know, I don't know how you get them to address them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, on the flip side, I know that Nate is should be back in the country. It'd be really interesting. He had some apparently lengthy chats with the esports team. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was over in rally, so they didn't have much to do. So, <laughs> Oof. too too soon. Uh, way too soon. Wait. Oh, soon. you mean the Rainbow Six? I did team. mean the Rainbow Six team, but you were talking about Fnatic, who got knocked out in the first round. Just a just a real dick move. Um, who are no longer sponsored? Fnatic's no longer sponsored by Monster. All right. So I can talk to them. Are you sure? Uh, um, yeah. What if they're being sponsored by like Fuel Energy Drink or something now? Uh, that'd be a, no Fuel Energy Drink. Drink don't give a fuck because I talked to Face Clan. Oh, okay. I actually specifically asked Face Clan. I'm like, hey, um, there's been an issue before. I'm writing for Red Bull. Uh, you have an energy drink sponsor. Is it okay if you talk to me? And um, I think it was Phase Nico was like, yeah, I don't give a fuck. I'll talk to you. <laughs> like, cool. What a dude! Um, yeah. Um, so that's like I'm I'm bumped to talk to Fnatic again. Um, the OCE scene has, or the APAC scene, has been growing. Price. We've got Cloud Nine bought a team recently. Um, yeah. Oh, really? In Asia? In Southeast Asia? Yeah. Right. Um, so it's yeah, it's growing. It's people are starting to take notice. Uh, their results at Raleigh notwithstanding. Um, yeah. Anyway, it'll be really interesting. Talk to Nate, see what he has to like thinks of the, the current situation because he'll obviously have a, a bit more insight. So chat to him, find out more. Yep. We'll come back to you next week. Um, and you'll probably be able to read about it on Red Bull actually. Now mm-hmm. I think that, but yeah, anyway, what else we got? Anything else? For rainbow? For rainbow. Yeah. No, no, not really. I think just UI updates and whatnot to sort of cater for them having 50 operators now. Yeah. Um, we were playing fucking... We were playing Shooty McShoots uh, at one point while people were off in interviews and stuff. Um, you, I was controlling two people on one team and you controlling three people on the other team, I think it was. Me. It was good fun, yeah. Uh, it wasn't me. Yeah. Oh, no, you refused to move, so I was... Conf- Controlling fucking four people. I was controlling two people on my team and two people on your team. Right. When we were doing I think because I was killing you the entire time and Get so I didn't have to move. Mate. There was one game where I murdered all four of you. It was, it was terrible. I don't know. I was so sweaty. Oh, oh okay. We're talking, we're, talking, we're talking about what happened. Oh, is that what's happening now? Okay. Because this is what I remember happening. When we're playing for serious... Okay. I got footage, Joe. When we're, yeah, no, it's good. It's good that you got footage because <laughs> I can't wait to fucking see it. When we're playing for serious, okay, uh, <laughs> we 4-0, 4-0 the other yeah. team. 
when I'm on your team. Mm-hmm. And then, because the other team was getting extremely depressed, I swapped <laughs> with Leo yeah. from Power Up. Uh, I, we, we swapped places. Mm-hmm. He went and joined your team. Mm-hmm. And then how did that game show it? How did that game play out? Oh, we I stopped playing seriously then. I believe the team that I changed to won. Did you, did you not won. see the game where I was running outside for most of it? <laughs> I won every game I played. Ah. And you didn't. Roll the yeah. tape. Roll the tape. Roll the tape. Roll the fucking tape, baby. Uh, and if <laughs> if there's like seven AFKs in the round, you'll know it was one where Luke was like playing on his own or some shit, and that's how he's getting the wins. Yeah. Mm. I went uh, to do some video stuff. Awesome interview but stuff. You only started. You only started. Like I only started losing when we switched to pistols only, which was a <clears throat> olive branch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, when I switched teams, my team won. That's all I can remember. Uh, it was a we. It was it was odd. <laughs> it was an odd setup because uh, the well, we felt like we needed to let them win a little bit because. Otherwise, they wouldn't. Here we go. They wouldn't like. They'd walk away from that experience feeling bad. And so I started just like running around outside with pistols and weird shit. Yeah. Um, the mice didn't have side buttons. I. It was like a two dollar Microsoft mouse. I have never like I. <laughs> I'd forgotten how fucking much I rely on side buttons in a yeah. fucking game, man. Like I just I'm like, well, how the fuck am I supposed to do anything then? Right, like if it's if it does if this mice only has mouse only has fucking two buttons. Yeah, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Mice don't come with two buttons anymore. <laughs> My favorite part is we were we were in a, a team chat using a, a voice server, and um, <laughs> we ended up we ended up changing. I was like, I'm going to put on push to talk, so I set up all my buttons yep. to push to talk, and we were using a um <clears throat> you know pretty decent keyboards, <laughs> and I bound That's my key. I bound my push to talk key to one of the macro buttons because yep. you, you get keyboards with with macro buttons on the side. Yeah, the, the so mice like the mice had two buttons, but the yeah. keyboards had like seven hundred, an extra four hundred buttons. Yeah, and so I, I bound it to like <laughs> to like mouse three or so or M three, whatever it was, macro three, G G three, I think it was. And then we, the rest of the team did that. Yeah, and then so we were all set up, and then we get into the game and we start playing, and immediately. Nate throws a fucking grenade at the wall and kills himself because yeah. the button that we bound it to was gadget. <laughs> the button for push to talk was gadget. It was beautiful. So we're off we to still a great won start. that round as well. We yeah. still won that round. And we couldn't talk to each other. <laughs> we were like, yeah, none of us could talk to each other because we like we're gonna grenade ourselves. And we were player down and yeah, we still The thing is, I couldn't find a better like all of those buttons were taken in the the macro, so I, what I'd end up going with was the uh, the drone button. So at the start of the round, I just throw both my drones on the ground, and then I'd be good because <laughs> the because it didn't matter anymore, right? I right. I was like I press the drone button and nothing happens, but at least I could speak. What what I would do was talk without pushing the button at all, and uh. then what, wonder why you guys weren't reacting to what I was saying. <laughs> it was good, yeah. And then when I switched sides, uh, it was back to constantly transmitting, so I couldn't hear shit again. Right. Still beat your ass, though. Mm. Anyway, 
Moving on. Moving on. Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Um, so I went and checked this out last month in Paris, thanks to Ubisoft. And uh, so they flew me over there and we got to play a bunch of the new um, Ghost War mode, which is their PvP 4 versus 4 experience. This is something that was brought into Ghost Recon Wildlands um, about seven or eight months after the actual game released. And so Wildlands was primarily a single player game that you could play as, sorry, a campaign game that you play as co-op. We played a bunch of it. Mm-hmm. as co-op um really fun game yep. they you know really nailed that like being able to play as a fucking squad and roll up to a town and having that countdown of like three two one and then like everybody headshots a guy like you could mark who you were looking at and that sort of thing um so they they did a really good experience with um with that campaign mode at least believe being able to play with other players or even just playing by yourself had a lot of fun with that game and um, and then they released Ghost War. We played a little bit of it, but um, weren't the biggest fans. Had had some problems in there, yeah. um, particularly in the way that it sort of did like notifying sort of your team where the other team was and doing weird things with like sound markers and that sort of thing. They eventually patched it quite a bit over right. uh, the next coming months and, and got it to what they believe is a good spot for their community um, and the community seems to enjoy it a lot. But anyway, so going into Ghost Recon uh, Breakpoint, they decided that they wanted Ghost Tour in there from the very beginning. So this will be launching uh, when the game comes out um, very soon. And one of, I guess, the key things that they want to talk about with this one is that they've now had basically about three years of experience three three plus years of experience creating content for this mode and they feel like they're really like they've got a grasp of what their community wants and and how to deliver a great experience and so some of the key things they point out they want to do was that um in the original game they were kind of stuck with having to work with environments that were in the campaign um already and like trying to build maps around those locations um whereas in this game They've made maps specifically for multiplayer and then dropped them into the PvE experience as well. So it's like these are designed maps for multiplayer, but you'll still be able to go to them in uh, the campaign. It's just like it's not something they've pulled the other way around and been like, all right, well, how can we turn this into a location where this sort of balance for multiplayer? Um, so that was one of the, the sort of one things that they want to do. And then sort of leaning onto those map things a bit more is that... Uh, their player base really wanted a snow map in um, the original game, and they ended up bringing that in there uh, into this one. So at launch, there'll be a snow map, and it's uh, it looks really um, <clears throat> really pretty. Right? Is it just of... aesthetic, or can you see tracks in the snow and shit? Oh yeah, like you can in... see like tracks and that sort of thing. Like right. when you walk around, it'll leave um, like indentations in the snow and whatnot. Um, uh, they've got weather effects in the game. Um, day and night cycle so you can play all of these different modes day and night cool. uh, if you do decide to play the, as night time there is night vision goggles and you can fire them up and um, you know then you've got to have this like alright there's a giant fucking light in my face and I can't see anything like type stuff so you got to try and figure out alright do I put my night vision goggles on now or do I take them off and 
and uh, you know try and see better that way. It's you know you got to really think about the way that you sort of approach. Um, depending on the lighting situation, it could be a big deal. And I believe like we, I didn't try it, but I, I think like a flash grenade would really screw up <laughs> your uh, night vision goggles, kind of yeah. like the way that um, uh, Modern Warfare was really screwing yeah. up on that one. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so, so yeah, so that's sort of like what they're going with with the maps is like more flexibility and and just more um, uh, like they're able they're sort of designing them from the bottom up for multiplayer first, which is cool. Um, yeah, so the the ones that we saw were all four versus four. They they sort of, I mean, it's a third person action game, um, and so or sorry, third person action tactical game, and so. I know we've had some thoughts on the sort of style of gameplay that this sort of brings to in the past, particularly because um, we're big PUBG fans. When we were playing that at the very beginning, we really enjoyed it, but it got to the point where um, we would prefer to play first-person mode first yeah. because of the whole being able to see around corners and whatnot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> at the same time, you've been playing a lot of third-person PUBG recently anyway, so... Um, you know, where does like, there, there's definitely still a place for it. People still enjoy it. And, um, people absolutely love yeah that third person style of gameplay. And it, and like, it brings another layer of strategy to it. Like, not only is it like a, like, oh, I actually can't move. Well, I, I maybe I can move, but at the same time, maybe there's someone behind that wall mm. right there, or maybe there isn't. Um, and you've got to really think about your positioning and, and that sort of stuff. So yeah, it does bring a, I mean, it, it sort of balances out a little bit in terms of disadvantages and advantages at the same time. So it's hard to sort of say, um, and I, I didn't play enough time with it to sort of get an idea of whether or not that's going to be a massive problem. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, both teams are having to deal with this. So it's not like one or the other, um, it's not like when you guys want to play PUBG in third person and I, I get told I should just play in first person. <laughs> no, that's not going to... What do you mean you guys? <laughs> I get told I should just play in first person as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, just flick it. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they're basically these four versus four matches. And the way the rounds work is it's the first team to knock out the other four people in there. Um, and you do that by shooting them and killing them. Um, the trick here is that it doesn't really matter if a player on the other team goes down because they can be revived at any time. Um, so <clears throat> sort of, you can have situations where it's four versus one, which is something that happened in some of the games that we were playing. And like that one person was able to revive the entire of their squad. Um, <clears throat> it's not like PUBG where you get knocked and then you've got a chance to kill them again, like, and then they're out completely. This is like they they they're down, they can't move anymore, whatnot. The game still goes on. You can come back two minutes later and revive that person. So you've got to try and like either get the knocks and then push, or like keep an eye on these bodies that are around and sort of um, like decide whether or not you want to, I guess, go for the kill or keep an eye on like who they've downed and stop them from reviving people. Um, so there's stuff like that in the game that really, uh, sort of makes you think a bit more about how you should be approaching some of these fights. Uh, and then on top of that, there is a, a lot of elements 
borrowed from the battle royale genre. In particular, there is a, a, a contracting circle, which right. they're calling like a combat zone. And the way this works is you'll start off on the initial map. And then after a certain amount of time, there will be a circle placed on the map and it will get smaller and smaller until it, uh, you know, gets to that, that zone. And then again, it'll trigger the next phase of it. And then that'll put a new map on the circle and you've got to try and get to that location. Um, so they're sort of, they're basically what they're trying to do is try and incentivize active gameplay as opposed to people just sitting and camping mm. positional gameplay. Uh, which is a word we've heard a lot recently by having, yeah, these, you know, p- forcing people to move out of an area and not just sitting behind a rock or anything like that. So that's one of the things they're doing. Uh, and the, the actual circle does take, uh, I mean, they might change it. It definitely hurts. Um, you, you can survive out there and it seems like you can, you know, run uh, for a decent amount of time in it, but at the same time, you kind of want to get into that next zone. Um, they're not like, the, well, the two maps that we saw weren't like hugely massive. Like we're not talking battle royale scale maps. Like they're they're decent in size, but um, they're just trying to sort of position people into certain areas of the map so they're not just sitting behind, you know, the starting zone or whatever. Um, so that's one of the things they're doing for this active gameplay. The other thing is there is scattered loot around the entire map, um, and you go up and pick up these items, and what that does is it stocks your your gadgets and abilities. So you'll be able to restock up or, or get grenades, um, drones, adrenaline shots, which uh, sort of fills up your meter for your your skills. Um, and what they've done here is basically there aren't any cooldowns in the game. So it's not like it's not like you have to wait a minute and, oh, your, your cooldown for your ability is now ready to go. Let's go use it. They don't want any of that. They, they want players to be rewarded for being active and so that's one of the ways that you can go out and be active and get like get gear you want to get heals so that if you get shot at you can heal yourself or revive a down teammate and then heal them back up like they just they want people to be more active and go searching in buildings and move around a bunch and and that sort of stuff um the other thing they're doing is you sort of get points for um being active as well so like marking other players or uh, shooting other players, um, and that sort of thing, and that's another sort of mechanic that they're using to to boost that that uh, special like skill bar. They're calling technicals that um, sorry techniques that that your classes can use. So like the sniper will be able to all the classes that you've got, like your your assault class, your sniper class, your panther class. Um, they've all got these special abilities, and by you being more active in the game, lets you build up the bar on this techniques. And allows you to use them as opposed to somebody who's just going to sit behind a rock and not do anything. They're not going to be able to use that stuff. So they're trying to reward players for being active as opposed to just being passive the entire time. Um, so I really like that they're doing, like they're trying to think about how do we stop people from just like camping or sitting on one, like an entire team just sitting on one end of the map. Like, all right, if you're actually out there and going and looking through buildings and whatnot, you're getting more out of it than those other people. I mean, there's a possibility that those other people may win that game, but at least they're giving these other players more of an advantage by giving them more tools and things they can use. Um, the other thing on top of that they're doing is the maps that we played uh, had an objective as well. 
which was a surveillance system. And you'd go up to the surveillance system and you'd, um, you'd activate it. And after a couple of seconds, it would mark the entire enemy team on your map for, uh, sorry, on your HUD and show you exactly where they are for a couple of seconds. Again, another way of forcing players to go to a location or as opposed to from a location. Yeah. Or or being like, oh shit, I've been spotted now. I need to get out of here because they know exactly where I am. So that's, they're the three main things that they're doing at the moment that I, that I know of. I tried to talk to them about, um, like if they're bringing anything else out in some of the other maps, but it sounds like the surveillance system is sort of the one thing that they're going to do in these maps to get people to move around and also to get teams, you know, to go and do something in the map and, and give them an advantage. So, uh, I like those three ideas that they're doing. Um, it means you're going to have less camping, um, you're going to have players moving around a bit more because, you know, being able to get grenades and drones and adrenaline shots. And and uh, it's not just like one grenade. It's like you get, there's, I think, three or three or four, three or four different, or there's at least three grenades you can put in your load at. Yeah. And so being able to stock up on all that stuff is a huge amount of um, utility. Sort of, yeah. yeah, utility you can kind of bring to a fight, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Um, so I like that sort of stuff still. And then, yeah. and then on the other side, there is still the um, that that marking system they've got in the game, which is the um, sound markers. So if you're shooting at somebody, your um, your you'll be notified on your HUD that you've obviously triggered some sort of sound marker, and the the trigger for that is shooting. And so on the map, it'll show you like a yellow um, sort of like shadow or yellow mark in the yep. sort of general vicinity of where that noise was coming from. Um, so that was in the old ghost war for, for yeah. wildlands as well. Mm. Um, but, uh, there's things, there's weapons in the game, like, um, uh, submachine guns with silencers that will negate that. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, they're Sub-type not as powerful. Rounds and shit. Yeah, yeah. They're not as powerful as the other guns. So zero range and type, um, all that kind and of And the shot. marking system's being tweaked a little bit. Cause I remember when we were playing it, it was very like, like you could mark someone pretty quickly. I think that at least they're down to about a second or just below a second where you can mark somebody on the screen. It'll show you. And oh, you yeah. just do that by just aiming at like having your, um, your aimer on them for a second or so. Right. That will mark the other player. And it'll tell you that they've been, that they've been marked and everybody on your, your team will know exactly where that person is. Cool. Um, so they're taking those elements from the old, old, uh, ghost war and they're bringing them back in there, but they're trying to make them, I guess less intrusive right. um, was the word that he used to me. That's fair. Um, so I like I like those. So I like for the most part a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah. I, I do wish that there was like a uh, a hardcore mode or something like that. I didn't oh, ask yeah. him about that. What's and the time to kill? It's pretty quick. Yeah, like he said, like headshots will kill you off the bat. Um, okay. So what's a hardcore mode bring to the table then? I know I'm talking about like reduced huds oh, okay. and like when you launch a drone the other team not knowing there's a drone in the air or not knowing that you've been marked or something like that like that yeah, that's right. the sort of stuff that i want to see yeah. in a hardcore mode on top of first person right um, yeah, i asked them about sick. first person and um they're yeah they're not uh they're not focused on that <laughs> at the moment right yeah okay. <clears throat> they he said that they definitely talked about it and whatnot um because I think that'd be really cool. Obviously, I, I'll definitely still play it, yeah, multiplayer this way. But it brings another level of like tactical elements to that game. 
yeah. um, that I think would be really interesting and cool. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Hardcore first person. That'd be sick. Oh, um, yeah. How long does a round take? Um, so the rounds we were playing, and it seemed like they were pretty flexible on customizing a lot of this stuff. Oh. I didn't go into the menus nor what, but the ones we were playing were about five minutes. Um, <clears throat> they basically had a whiteboard up on the at this event of all the teams that were in there. So it was like the Australian teams, UK was there, Europe, uh, USA. We were, we were playing some of the US people, but like they had a whiteboard up on the on the board with like who who's playing what team, what time of day that the map would take place on. Um, so whether it was night or late afternoon, what the weather type was, um, and uh, and the map and all that sort of stuff. So I didn't get a chance to actually go in and look at how customizable it was, but right. it seemed like there was a lot of being able to, to tweak all that stuff and, and change possibly the round timers, but the ones we were playing were five minutes. And uh, some of them would go for... Uh, like when you start the game, that circle is not there. It's only after about a minute or so that that circle appears, yeah. and then it's like, all right, you need to move now. Um, so we had games where it would go like two or three circles deep, and like teams were like shooting each other as they were running in the circle because all of a sudden, you know, one team was on the wrong side of where they were so supposed to be, and they didn't take they didn't move quickly enough, and that's sort of like the PUBG thing, right? Of of not moving quickly enough. Um, so it, it it was five minutes. Obviously, it's pre-alpha game that could change but the round times we were seeing were, were that long and it seems like you can customize it i'm not 100 percent sure on that but they there was a lot of customization going on in those uh setting up those games yeah yeah okay well like i guess it's mostly just about how yeah how much of an impact the constriction of the map really has you know yeah based on the against the time the timing of the the rounds and stuff Sure. Yeah. Um, the two maps that we played, one of them was Skelport, the other one was PMC Camp, I believe. The camp was a snow map, and I would say they were they were rectangle maps, but um, the middle areas were sort of like a strip in the middle where sort of like the no man's land, where you didn't want to get caught out in. Um, I don't know what the other maps are going to be like. I hope that they're a bit more... Um, uh, like a bit more cover in between those middle paths because <clears throat> getting from one side of um, that map to the other was a bit tricky in the middle sections because there wasn't a lot of cover to cross between. Um, whereas if you're on the outsides, there was plenty of cover going on around the outside, so like the outside rectangle, but it was in the middle, it was a bit more convoluted. And right. Those middle sections were kind of where the um, objectives were, like, oh, you've got to go get the surveillance system over here. And that was a bit of that risk reward thing of like, I'm pretty fucking open here. I could get sniped out of wherever. Like you got to check your corners and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say five minutes is, yeah, feels okay. like a decent time at the moment. Gives you enough yeah. time to revive teammates and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. I guess like, yeah, without having played it, it, that sounds like it's not enough time, but like, yeah, based if it's based on your experience, it feels fine. Then that's all that really matters. Right. Like, at the end of the day, but it, it, I guess it's also me trying to visualize the map size as well. Like it's, there's so much that goes into a round time being appropriate hmm. against so many different factors, you know, that it's, it's really hard to get a number and then decide whether or not that's enough. So yeah. 
I mean, we played rounds where it was over in a minute. And then we yeah, played really. rounds where it was, yeah, because we just go like, just run at them or you'd see them running around and quickly take down two people and then like push the, the players that were down so that they couldn't get revived and whatnot. Um, and then we had other games where like it was one versus four and then like I would revive the other three people on my team. We get back up and end up winning because, um, yeah, just had a full, full team like back at full strength again. So mm. yeah, that stuff was a lot of fun. <clears throat> so how how much did you smash everyone else uh it was pretty filthy they had us on keyboard and mouse and also um people were able to use controllers they want and that first game <laughs> uh, i think we were playing against us uh media and i think we 3 would them or 4 would them that first one um nice it was it was pretty filthy yeah but you know it it, yeah, like I had fun with it. Um, there's a lot of customization in terms of like your characters and whatnot as well. The idea is that they sort of want to have progression across um, the PVE and PvP sort of hand in hand. So that when you're playing PvE, uh, sorry, PvP as opposed to PvE, it doesn't feel like you're not gaining anything and vice versa. So you can bring in the weapons from what you've done in PvP into PvE. Yeah, that's a really... And- and vice versa. Uh, I'm not 100% sure how they're balancing that. They, they talked about how um, there's obviously gear scores and whatnot. And from what I understand, they're kind of stripping the... Um, I, I guess they're kind of stripping away like the damage numbers and whatnot, how that sort of works. But like if you and I were to play against each other and I've played 50 hours and you haven't played any or, or, you know, vice versa. Like, yeah, we should be at a f- even playing field. They were saying like, there's no right. advantage um, because of the way they're sort of balancing the weapons. Right. That's good. It's, yeah. At the end of the day, it's just about having options, right? Sure. Um, but you know, the person that's obviously played more is going to have more knowledge about maps and whatnot. It's yeah. Just that yeah. They're saying that the weapons themselves, if I'm bringing in a level 50 or, gear score 200 and whatever gun as opposed to what you've got um it, sh- it shouldn't feel like you're just getting smashed because of the weapon yeah so that was good thing to hear um but while you're also playing you'll be able to own weapons from pvp and then be bring them back into pve and they'll they'll go back to their gear score level so we were, while we were playing we we're unlocking cosmetic items and um new guns and that sort of thing as well and you can you can go in there and equip Basically, like, weapons, secondaries, um, there was, like, different types of armor sets for your head, head, uh, torso, boots. I think there was gloves as well. Um, there was a perk system. You could go in there and, and select three different perks for each character, and there was a bunch of different uh, perks that you'd go through. As I said before, there's different classes, and they sort of handle differently, and they've got different abilities that you can use. Um uh, what else was there for customizing? Uh, I've got a list. Yeah, I think that was probably about it that I can think of off the top of my head. Right. But there's a lot there that you can sort of... Like, you'll be able to play PvP and still feel like you're getting something out of it as opposed to like not earn, like having it be a separate component of the game. Was there anything you felt that was like OP? Or un- underpowered even? <clears throat> um... No, I mean, like, there's definitely, 
well, like I was using the sniper at one stage and there's bullet drop on that and things like that. Like it's sort of very similar to shooting style as, as Wildlands. And so you've yeah. got to lead your shots and aim up a little bit, that sort of stuff. Um, what for me, the abilities and stuff. Um, so the, I think the sharpshooter one was sort of like a, a weapon steady type thing. Um, I'm not 100% sure on like what they were doing with the abilities. So I didn't get right. a huge amount of chance to use them. Because um, games are too quick. And I, <laughs> yeah. No, I was playing Assault like quite a bit. Oh, and we right. weren't allowed to play the Medic class. It was Assault, Sharpshooter, oh, okay. Panther, and Medic. Medic was blocked out. It was only the three. Um, so Assault, Sharpshooter, Panther. Yeah. And uh, Panther was more like the stealthy, stealthy dude. Yeah. And I was all about going up and, and murdering people. So I played that one the most. Um and uh yeah i mean they felt they felt good so i guess we'll see how they sort of handle in the full game and whether or not they're um overpowered and whatnot but i didn't feel like there's anything overpowered the 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 bits where i felt like it's overpowered is like sitting behind a wall and waiting for someone to move and then peeking out and shooting them um yeah that's just because of bad bad positional from the other team yeah um so like once you learn how to adapt to that and uh get an idea of they could be or if like if you know there's someone behind a wall over there because you've seen them probably not a good idea to run out in the open because you'll probably get pinged um so yeah i don't know man like i had fun playing it there was um yeah there's there seems to be doing like a lot of smart ideas around this active gameplay system that i like like they're trying to combat the you know, people that play passively and teams that'll just sit at their spawn and wait for people to come to them. Um, you know, you're not going to get anything out of that. So yeah, I think that's, that's really good. Um, what else have I got here? I actually don't have my, this is the wrong page. What else have I written? Um, (laughs) six maps at launch, which is cool. Okay. Um, one of them being the snow, the snow map we checked out. Dedicated servers. They've confirmed that they're oh, bringing dedicated good. servers. Uh, on top of that, anti-cheat. They're bringing in BattleEye. Um, nice. I asked them. They said they're doing BattleEye as their service. Right. Um, uh, it seems like they're taking some feedback from sort of like what Rainbow Six is doing from what the lead... I spoke to the lead game designer about it. Um, yeah. and he said basically like dedicated servers allows them to more quality of life stuff for them um, and for players, you know, being able to 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 mute other players and report them and whatnot, um, all the anti-cheat stuff that comes with that. And, um, yeah, so it's a good move. Like, we've, we've seen Ubisoft bring out games in the past. For Honor, for example, where they've done um, players hosting <laughs> peer-to-peer and it hasn't worked very well so um, yeah it's um, this is good issue. it's a good move yeah. definitely a good move um so uh, feels like they're taking it seriously absolutely and they said that they've got like extensive post-launch plans i specifically asked them about battle rail because they've literally got the fucking two main mechanics in there <laughs> like as soon as they talked about this moving circle i'm like yeah. oh really okay it is and we talked about this on wildlands is out we were like if this had a battle royale mode, I would probably play this more than PUBG because, like, that game looks fantastic. It's such a yeah. great engine. 
looks amazing. Shooting's yep. really good. And at that stage, um, I don't think there was a first person in um, in in uh, PUBG at that stage. Um, so we were pretty on board with with playing some uh, battle royale in in Ghost Recon Wildlands. But I uh, I feel like it's an easy if the engine can do it. Why not? Like they've got a lot of those mechanics there. Um, they said they're 100 percent focused on PVP at launch. So yeah. whether or not that's something that comes later on, they wouldn't tell me. Surely, surely but it does. They've, they've literally got a fucking moving circle with a blue zone. Yeah, that where you take tick, tick damage, and they've got a, a, a randomized loot system. It's not really you're not picking up guns and that sort of thing. Yeah, you're picking up utility items. But there's um, yeah, the fundamentals exist. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's whether they can do it on that engine is one thing, but they they've got the basics in there at the moment. Um, don't know what else. Um, the multiplayer is going to have moving forward, but the the two they talked about was TDM, which is what we saw, and uh, sabotage, which is your you know your bomb mode. Yeah. Um, but anyway, skill based matchmaking. He said to me, um, and no bullet penetration in multiplayer. That's crazy. basically they want um, they don't want you to have to like second guess whether or not the thing you're standing behind you won't get shot through. Um, they want to sort of make it a bit more, yeah. um, you know, readable, like binary, not like more binary for players. Yeah. And that was, I guess, that were the two things I asked them, nerdy questions. But yeah, anyway, I, uh, I I enjoyed it. I thought it was it sounds awesome. I mean, it's a huge step up from that last game. Like we, I I had fun playing that Ghost War, but the things that got me was that. Um, like I felt like the marking system was way too, yeah, way too like lenient, um, and it sounds like they've toned that down a bunch. Um, and the other thing was that you kind of had situations where, and we saw it a lot, where like a team would not move from their spawn. Like I specifically remember playing like the what was it like the coal. It was like the coal mine area. Yeah. And, and, and like, you would just have a team just basically sit there and camp. Yeah. Like, we'd push up in the middle and they just wouldn't move from, like, a hill. And, you, um, and we, hopefully- we were we were adopting all of the risk, basically. Yeah, by moving. Yeah. And like, someone will get trapped behind a fucking crane and they couldn't... And a couple of barrels and they couldn't really move. Yeah. And so, hopefully, these new mechanics that they put in mm. stops that happening. Because, like, we go into a house now... And we pick up all the items and all of a sudden you've got a drone. You can put the drone in the air. And whether or not you mark somebody, you'll know where someone is because you get the noise, um, the sound marker from them. So you know generally where one of those players is. And if all four of us are going out and going getting this gear, all of a sudden we've got drones and all sorts of gadgets that we can use. And Yeah. You know, you start getting that advantage straight away. So, yeah, it's, it's really smart game design. Uh, and I'm hoping it, it plays as fun as what um, we we played on the day. So looks promising. Um, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm pumped for it. Like honestly, uh, I mean, I was already pretty pumped for um, the PVE portion oh, yeah. of the game. So yeah, like at being excited already. This sounds this sounds like exactly what they needed to do, basically. Yeah. They've made a lot of really good decisions. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm amped. I can't wait. Yeah. So the guy working on this, um, the lead game designer, 
mm. was the one that gave us the presentation, but also the creative director of Breakpoint was there. He didn't really... He was doing interviews, but, um, you know, this wasn't a Breakpoint, like, campaign sort of event. This was yeah. more like talking to the multiplayer team. And obviously, he's still very much involved and, and that sort of thing. But uh, I... I, I didn't get a chance to interview him, but I, when he was walking around, I grabbed him quickly and told him that uh, the Predator mission from um, Ghost Recon Wildlands was was Game of the Year material, and he was he was very excited about that. And he, was, yeah. he basically said to me, "Wait till you see our Terminator missions." <laughs> <laughs> so. um, you showed me that trailer for the the Predator game. Uh, that they're making looks generic as fuck, uh, <laughs> yeah. but. It doesn't, it honestly doesn't matter as soon as I hear that soundtrack. Like, it's it's like something fucking twigs in me. It's like my fucking hmm. Vietnam moment or something. That's disrespectful <laughs> to people. <laughs> but, uh, like, it's seriously just like, fuck, run away from the goddamn bomb. Yeah. Fucking, that mission was spectacularly done. Um, and yeah, like it was hard as fuck. It was too it hard. It was super hard. Yeah. We, we, we took Honestly, us a couple of goes. Too hard, but, uh, it was so worth it. It was so fucking worth it. And, uh, yeah, I, I, am there for a fucking term. There's no way the Terminator mission can possibly compete. I mean, it was too perfect, right? For Wildlands, for what Wildlands was and for what Predator is. It was too perfect a uh, a mashup. I just don't I don't have a strong connection between commandos taking on Terminator, right? right. Like it's just not something Maybe. that I that <laughs> I see. that I'm like fucking mentally connected with. Like I 100 I'll play it, but yeah, this these were commandos in Wildlands taking on a predator in fucking Bolivia. Like it's it's pretty fucking close to on point. Uh, it's pretty close to the pure experience. Um, yeah. So, I don't know. Anyway, nevertheless, I'm fucking there. It's going to be... It should be good. Uh, I can't wait for fucking Breakpoint. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Any, anything else? No, no, that was it. Um, Who was the worst team there? Uh, it was kind of hard to... Like... I, we didn't realize we were playing um, other people until a couple rounds in. I, we thought we were just stomping the US team over and over again. Right. <laughs> but right. It, uh, until we looked on the board and it had like A versus B and, um. and then A versus C. And so it turned out we were playing other teams. And every once in a while, they'd be like, oh, we're waiting for the other teams to finish. I'm like, why are we waiting for the other teams to finish? Like, well, why can't we just jump back in? Because we were playing right. different people around. Um, but we were very noisy. I was... We had one of the UK guys fill in on our team. Oh yeah, because um, there was only three of us. Was he was he ready for the jelly? Oh, he was. No, he was a good dude. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah, as soon as we murdered them three zero, he was like, "I we're gonna have fun." And like, he was carrying. He was oh, doing yeah? some work. Yeah, okay. Yeah, he was. Well, there was one round there where uh, you know he, he did some work. So yeah, he probably cool. he probably knew. All the all the real ones, all the real motherfuckers <laughs> know. Try to get on Team Australia's team for the, like for the good time for that yeah. to have a good time. Like anyone at anyone at a Call of Duty event, they always knew at the Call of Duty review events. People would literally 
literally like groan and complain out loud when they got matched up against the the clan tag <laughs> Oz because they knew what was fucking coming. They yeah. fucking knew. We were going to fucking... We are going to be dickheads teabagging all over the place. We were going to rip the fucking shit out of them. And uh, we were going to be loud about it. Yeah. So, yeah, they'd always complain. So, uh, yeah, everyone everyone knows. Team Australia in shooters, it's got to happen. We're, we're too much fun. Um, on the other hand, we probably, like... We're probably quiet compared to streamer sessions. Actually, having oh. been adjacent to some streamer sessions, I know we're quiet compared to streamer sessions. Um, yeah. Hmm. Nevertheless. Anyway, yeah, that's all I've really got for, for Breakpoint. I, I've not seen any campaign stuff uh, yeah. other than the videos we watched. And I wasn't a fan of that initial um, Breakpoint reveal, uh, mainly because I didn't understand, like, at that stage, I didn't know it was a Wildland sequel. Yeah, because uh, it was very vague, and then like we started hearing about it being a Wildland sequel, and then to me it didn't look like a Wildland sequel; it looked like something a bit different. Um, yep. But yeah, like it pl- having played it, you, it, it feels like Wildlands. Like the shooting is yeah is, is the same and that sort of stuff. Um, it's the other bits that I'm not sure about, like the whole injury system and being able to pick up characters and and uh, the whole weapons, like having. Um, gear scores and like how that affects yeah. the shooting at and whatnot like that's bringing in more of the, the uh division sort of stuff to me yeah um so we'll see how that handles because you want it to be like tap to the head and then drop type 100 percent. Right? i mean it... <laughs> no i think i i signed an nda and i can't say anything about that never mind right <laughs> okay, fair don't enough. worry about it uh-huh. we'll see we don't have to wait long it's out very soon yeah it's true that's true that's true I uh, wouldn't be too concerned about that. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, moving on. Um, Yeah. News. News. News time. Yeah. We've managed to fill up a lot of time for a short show. Yeah, this will be a short one. You chucked Rainbow Six in there halfway through. What absolute idiots. Cool. All right. News. Uh, Gamescom is on at the moment. Yes. And so we've had a little bit of stuff coming out. Uh, In particular, we'll go through some of the... um, announcements slash trailers shown off at the uh, opening night mm. which jeff keely hosted <clears throat> uh fun little events uh kerbal space program 2 was announced now i got a question about this i'm going to look it up while i ask but is this is this a fucking 2k production private or division what? yeah private division like because didn't 2k buy the people who made kerbal space program 1 I thought private division is take two. Is it? Yes. It's what take two's indie label? Oh, that's what it is. Oh, mm-hmm. fucking slick. Okay, fair enough. Yep. Well, that answers that fucking question. Um. All right. So yeah, Kerbal Space Program Two. It's a big deal. Uh, I haven't gotten wildly into Kerbal Space Program. I did dick about with it a bunch, but yeah. uh. I uh, I don't have the sadistic streak I think you need to hmm. continuously load those little motherfuckers into a fucking rocket that <laughs> I know is never going to make it off the fucking... Well, it's going to make it off the ground. <laughs> but how far? <laughs> Until it starts going in the opposite direction. Or in every direction. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, 
No, but I know people fucking love Kerbal Space Program, and I can absolutely see why. Mm-hmm. Uh, the attention to detail in the physics system is is like nothing else, and they do such a good job with it. Um, the just the sheer depth, you know, the 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 idea that or like the game of Kerbal Space Program is to make it to the moon, uh, but you can go so much further, and uh, you can do so much more, and I think that's fantastic like yeah. the the idea that 100% of that game like the 100% concept of that game finishing the game is barely scratching the surface it's a fucking iceberg of a game which is really cool sure and then what on top of that like what the sequel looks like yeah because obviously it's got to be something more than just what they've done already yeah they're, they're gonna have to pull out something big because p- people there's a lot of cynicism, I think, from the outset, based on the fact that it is being made by um, uh, 2K, like owned by. They got bought by 2K, and a lot of people, you know, walked around with their banners saying that the end was nigh as a result. Uh, and they <laughs> they have way. been proven wrong largely, um, based on the efforts uh, of Kerbal Space Program to stay the course. Sure. But um, people will be watching out for any slip up from the second game. Yep. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, Little Nightmares 2 was also announced. This is the um, side-scrolling like puzzle game. Uh, or Actually, I didn't really... I didn't play it. I didn't um, play it. Did but as soon as, I, as soon as I saw that trailer, I was like, oh, this is the sequel to that Little Monsters game. And the then game came up play. Little Night- Nightmares. Nice. I was like, oh, that's what I meant. Little right. Nightmares. Um, it's got a, it's got this aesthetic about it that you can know immediately sort of what it is. Um, right. So there's that, uh, Everspace two was also announced. Um, yep. And (laughs) nothing else to say about that. Uh, no, I didn't really play Everspace all that much. Uh, I played a little bit, but there's, there's a real, I have a real problem with just space games at the moment. Uh, they're all blending together really quickly, you know, for me. Um, so I, I keep buying new ones because I'm, I'm chasing the Holy Grail of the perfect space game. And so I keep sure. buying new ones and uh, being inevitably disappointed because my wildly high expectations can never fucking be met. Right. And then, um, yeah, sort of fucking move on to the next one. Um, Everspace was definitely a like a victim to that habit of mine. Um, just trying to work out which one it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the, the. It was actually a pretty cool like take on it. it was much more action oriented. At the end of the day, what I want is a space trucking simulator where I can then also decide to go murder everyone uh, in my spaceship. Yep. So, because I think at the end of the day, my my space game ideal is me being Han Solo, right? Right. Han Solo is a smuggler. Han Solo is a space trucker. He is a space trucker. He, him and his dog go flying all over the fucking show, space trucking it up, right? Yep. Um, I am not interested in being Luke Skywalker because Luke is a fucking dweeb. Uh, and I mean that in every sense of the word, Luke, Hey, got him. Um, but, uh, yeah, 
Sure thing, Joba the Hutt. Ah. <laughs> uh, I got nothing. Um, at least, you know, that's actually the end goal. That's the end goal that I want out of a space game is to be like, to have it turn into a fucking Forex where I'm managing the massive, you know, galactic. Yeah. We're space gangster. Yeah, space gangster. That's what I'm, that's a minute for. Um, anyway, uh, yeah. So it's really tough for space games to actually live up to my unrealistic expectations. But, uh, yeah, Everspace was very action focused, if I recall correctly. Um, which, yeah, wound up being why it wasn't really for me. Uh, what else? Death Stranding. No, no, another one. I, I realized we forgot one. Um, Sega is doing Humankind, which is, uh, oh, looks correct. like a civilization. Yeah. Yeah. Style game. Um, yeah, that looks interesting. Uh, I don't really know. It's uh, like uh, we've struggled to see Paraxis do much with the concept for a long time. I don't see how the fuck a brand new studio is going to come in and do something that is going to blow us all away hmm. without like directly aping what's come before it. You know, I think it's a tricky sure. fucking space to enter because it is so broad. Yeah. I mean, look at the way that, uh, um, it's like Sim City and, uh, that sort of thing sort of went with city skylines and how they just came along and sort of reinvented, well, not reinvented, but reinvigorated that genre. Yeah. And that's that's what's up. So, I mean, maybe it just needs a, a fresh new set of ice to jump in. Sega's done, I, I feel like, a lot of decent stuff with the Forex games uh, or even just like the Total War stuff. That's them, right? They do Total War. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, and like the super niche whole, games. Never mind. Scratch what I just said. Uh, this is the Endless Legend studio doing this as well. Right. So, uh, this is going to fucking rule. Um, yeah, <laughs> never mind. Forget me. Shut the fuck up, Joe. Move on. Let's go. Death Stranding. Answer all the questions game, we're asking. The more, the more I see this game, the more <laughs> I'm convinced that it's going to be a fucking toad. That there's literally no way it can be any good. Mm. That I'm going to have to sit through a bunch of people memeing about how it's the greatest thing ever when it's actually just a giant fucking lump of shit. Mm-hmm. And then there's this part of me that's worried that I'm going to be one of those idiots. <laughs> yeah. I um, walked for 45 hours and all yeah. I got was this ladder. I've played so many games where I've walked for 45 hours and only walked away with fucking can open or some shit. It's clearly my fucking jam. I'm such a fucking dipshit for these types of games. Yeah. It's dangerous. Um, so I'm worried. I'm concerned. Uh, but yeah, we did get to see Norman, Norman Reedus P, which is fantastic. Obviously, it's a huge deal. Yeah, um, that's what we've always wanted. We will apparently not get to see Norman Reedus's penis. Not until I mod it. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. What we need to do, Norman. I know you're a listener. As uh, you know, massive gamer, the massive gamer that you are. Uh, what we need is a complex 3D scan of your penis hmm. so that we can appropriately mod it into Death Stranding when it releases on PC. So if you could send us those files to the <laughs> GA podcast at gmail.com. Oh, uh, no. 
We gotta get so many emails. Don't send us pictures of penises. No. 3D models of penises. <laughs> uh, and Norm- specifically Norman Reedus's penis. Uh, that's That really, like, flows off the tongue, if you know what I mean. Norman Reedus's penis. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, specifically his penis. And preferably, it will come from Norman himself. He will, like, maybe go into the, the 2K mocap studio and mocap his penis or something. It'd be fantastic if it was more than just, like, flaccid and erect, two different types of Norman Reedus penis would be primo because, like, you got to properly, like, manage the physics. I don't know if you've ever pissed with a boner, Luke, but when I pee with a boner, it is a whole different ball game. <laughs> it is, like... Peeing, peeing when I'm the, I don't have a boner, regular pee, right? Like, yeah, it goes everywhere, but generally regular pee, peeing with a boner, right? Like, what's what's surprising about this conversation is you've you've actually spent less time than they did talking about this whole thing. <laughs> I was I was trying to I was I've been trying to get to the point where I've talked as much about. <laughs> Whether or not we'll see Norman Reedus's penis, but uh, no, I've fallen short. Um, very disappointing. Anyway, uh, yeah, that game looks fucking dumb. It looks dumb, and now Jeff Keighley's in it. <sighs> <sighs> I just don't know what that game is. I still don't know what it is. Nobody fucking knows. Every time I see it, it's a guy walking around with a ladder and some boxes. Yeah. Yeah. Either we are being epically trolled. Yeah, we are. Or I like I don't know what's happening. Like the Sony execs, surely they would have pulled this game by now if it wasn't very good. No, maybe they've come too far. Maybe They've just like stop giving him money. Ah, uh, now there's an idea. Maybe you got it all up front. Mm. Maybe they're like, this is what this is why Konami turned all your fucking games into slot machines, you cunt. You really <laughs> fucked us on this one, Kojima. Uh, yeah, no, that's that's probably what gives me the most amount of hope, the fact that it's still coming out. Because, like, having watched that God of War documentary yeah, and seeing how close they were to pulling that shit when it seemed fine, <laughs> yeah. you're like, those motherfuckers are ruthless. They'll, they'll just can anything. They don't give a fuck. They'll just they'll can a game that's 90% done just to fuck it. They'll... they'll withdraw Spider-Man from the Avengers universe just to fucking throw it in Marvel's face. Hmm. Like, they're, they're, they're not governed by reason there at Sony. They're, they're on something else. They've got some other fucking higher power working behind them pulling the strings to to push them to do things. So who knows what they're fucking getting at. But Death Strand's probably amazing because they haven't canned it yet. Um, yeah. Yeah. But anyway. That's coming out very soon as well, um, unbelievably. So we'll see. Shocking, yeah. Sounds like they're doing stuff at, was it TGS or teasing? Uh, I only watched the playback afterwards and I skipped when they stopped showing gameplay, so I've got no idea. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, all mm. right. Next up, Borderlands 3. They talked about endgame content. 
which we talked about last week, so I don't know why they're talking about this. Right. Um, yeah, they're only just getting up to what we were up to. Yeah. They're catch, playing catch-up to the gap. Yeah, anyway. Oh, you're not going to explain it? No, you, you are. Oh, I'm going to explain it. Okay, um, Endgame content. They're doing Proving Grounds again. Yep. Um, and then some sort of other mode they're doing where you go to different planets looking for Iridian writings. <laughs> yeah, which I think I found someone already in our yeah. play, playthrough event or whatever. Um, yeah. I don't know. It, it, that didn't seem that interesting. It seemed like Proving Grounds is the big one. It's more like a horde mode yeah. um, type dealio. Um, I mean, the good news is there's endgame content, which... We're three weeks out and we hadn't heard anything about it, so... Yeah. I mean, at least it's something. Yep. Um, I'm amped. Continue to be amped for that game. It's going to be good. Uh, Mountain Blade 2. Okay. Will hit early access in 2020. Uh, anyone who knows anything is excited for Mountain Blade 2, but it has been seven years in development at this point, and mm-hmm. then they're going to early access. So um, there are some alarm bells kicking, ringing. Um, but yeah, nevertheless, I'm excited. March 2020, if you're about that mountain blade life, uh, that is mount and blade, not mountain blade, just to be clear. Anyway, I'm excited. Let's go. Let's bring it, bring it, bring it, bring it. Bring on the nice. mountain blade. Cool. Uh, next up, we got Dead by Daylight is doing another chapter update, and this one is tied to the TV or Netflix show Stranger Things. Um, with that, it seems like a pretty big update. They're doing um, a new killer, the Demogorgon, and two new survivors. One of them is uh, Nancy Wheeler. The other one is Steve Harrington. Yeah. Um, and then also a new map. Yeah. So that's that's a lot. <laughs> it's a huge, huge DLC. Oh, which is pretty sick. Hmm. Um, I did not expect... I thought it was just going to be maybe just a survivor. I didn't expect there to be a... a two. Yeah. yeah, like two. And I didn't think there was going to be the Demogorgon. I thought it was going to be another one of those, you know, just the, just the one thing. Yeah. But um, no, this is huge. The uh, community seems pretty amped about this. Uh as expected, Steve Harrington is now the uh, the new ace of the <laughs> of the uh, of the survivors. Like um, you don't watch it anymore, or you haven't watched the latest season. No, no. Steve has had this arc. Right. He started off as a bit of a dick in the first season, but he's very much come around to like a fan favorite of that show. Right. Um, and so, yeah, like a lot of people are uh, very excited to play as him. Nancy, they couldn't give a shit about. Um, so yeah I'm I'm very excited to see like how this new character uh, this new killer sort of interacts with the world so yeah that, that's like weird timing for this especially like it seemed like this could have been something they could have done when the show came out maybe they're running behind a little bit but anyway nice little tie in I like that they're going out and getting these properties um, and doing like really cool things with them so that's that's a lot of fun is there any property that you would suggest they go after? Predator. Anything? Okay, that's yeah. I feel like <laughs> I feel like that'd be a bit broken. 
he just sets off the nuke and then what? I guess he could just run around. No, that's actually he. I mean, they've basically got the wraith in there, right? And that he's pretty much the predator, just with a bell. I think a predator would be more mobile. He'd definitely be OP. It, it wouldn't really work. No. Um, You're like, why is this fucking predator walking around? Like Terminator. There you go. Terminator walks around. Maybe yeah. he can only punch people though. They, yeah, he doesn't get a gun. Um, yeah, why would the he? Movie's coming out book? soon. That is true. Uh, I, <laughs> I am nervous. Um, yeah, it has to be like a what's a strong horror film that hasn't been represented? For, um, they've done all that sort of stuff. Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah, they've done that. They've done Leatherface. They've done Nightmare on Elm Street. They've uh, done Saw. Scream. <laughs> Did Scream? They've done Scream. Yeah. They've what gone if, after them. They're, they're spending some money over there. What about Scary Movie? That's the same thing. Mostly just parodies. That's true. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's something like Full Blown a Ghost, Ghostbusters. You could have Slimer. And you could have one dude Ghostbuster and one lady Ghostbuster. Just to really upset everyone. Yeah. And uh well, on just that, one lady Ghostbuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah, no no slimer even. Uh, and on their map, instead of doing generators, you'd repair proton packs and you'd have to mm. banish the ghost. Okay. Or the demon or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That'd work. Cool. Alright, we did it. We got the next one. Yep. Done Perfect. it. Um next up, game stops. And Game Informers have had layoffs today. It was announced. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, there is probably about 100. seven or eight employees over at Game oh, right. Informer. Yeah. And a hundred like management positions yep. dissolved at GameStop. Um yeah. It's um bad day to be working at GameStop and I feel bad for the Game Informer staff um, it's a shame for people who want, want like we're subscribed to Game Informer uh, like Kotaku reckons it was half of Game Informer staff that were laid off Yeah, um, but seven people being half of their editorial staff yeah uh, here in Australia, we have never, we haven't seen an editorial staff of half of seven. Like, we would never even dream of having that many fucking editorial staff. Uh, so that's eye-opening at the very least. Um, yeah, it's not like the magazine can't run with fewer people because most magazines that run out of Australia have always run with far fewer people. Mm -hmm. So um, that doesn't mean the end of of Game Informer, but it is absolutely a shame for the people who lost their jobs. One of them, I saw one of them like found out while on holidays. That's (laughs) And another one found while he was at fucking Gamescom on assignment for the magazine. Hmm. That's fucked. Like that's fucking some dog shit work from management. So, uh, yeah, I would be grumpy. 
I'm very grumpy on their behalf. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a sign of how things are going, right? Um, a lot of move to digital. We've seen digital like increase a lot. This is not just on the the media side, but just game sales in general. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like I, you, you see those releases every year about sort of the games industry and how much profit they've made and how physical sales are sort of declining, but it's physical sales are like up 46%. You're like, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, you see that, that, oh, game sales are down 5%. And it's like, no, no that's f- physical copies yeah. and digital, digital are sales are 50%. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so no, actually total, they're going up. Mm. Um, I don't know if I talked about this on here, but I, I remember putting on, on, um, social media, my local JB Hi-Fi is not selling, uh, movies or music anymore in their store they've yeah ripped it all out yeah um and i was talking to the guy down there that i see all the time and he's like yeah they're just there's no money in that anymore right (laughs) they're getting rid of it so um i mean i don't know that's a sign of things to come i'm sure there'll definitely be jb hi-fis around in australia that'll still have them but it looks like they're starting to get rid of that stuff even in some of their stores so yeah bit shit because I'm the type of person who likes having, at least in movies, I like physical movies. Games. But you I can buy them online, can't you? Like, why the fuck can't you buy a fucking game and have it delivered? Oh, yeah, no. Sorry, I mean, a movie like... On and have it delivered. Why can't you buy a fucking 4K Blu-ray and have that delivered? Why do you have to go down... Oh, absolutely. But I'm saying that even then, we'll get to a point where I feel like that stuff will start to go right. away. I like having digital PC games sometimes, like, or most of the time I'll buy them digitally. Largely, I want all my games to be digital. But when I go in a store, like a console game, I like having a physical disc for a console game. Um, no, I don't care. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's just the way I generally roll. So That's because you're old. I'm, I'm an old man. I want my Old things. man Luke. Old man Luke wants his fucking physical fucking shit. Um, yeah, anyway. What my things. Um, things. So, yeah. That's a bit shit. Uh, next up, we've got uh, Sony acquires Insomniac Games. Yeah. Um, are the oh, I guess recently they made the Spider-Man PlayStation 4 game. Hmm. Seems like Sony's way of tying them up for the next couple of years for um, Spider-Man the games. stable of first-party Sony developers is getting way, way out of hand. It's fucking huge now. Eh? They've got such a impressive roster. Mm-hmm. of uh, studios now like I know that Microsoft has spent big acquiring a few but Sony's been doing it over such a longer time that yeah, yeah they just wind up they now got like some of just absolute best in the business um, and obviously they've built some of the best Santa Monica studios is out of control you know so yeah Insomniac joins some very uh good high quality talent yeah yeah um i mean we've got uh like sucker punch working on uh they were the infamous team yeah who, who well, i mean they've pretty much basically worked on um sony sony stuff for like 20 25 years and they uh you know made a bunch of the infamous stuff which is really good and now they're making ghosts of shishima but mm. um yeah, I mean, there's plenty of studios out there they've been picking up, and I think, th- like that Spider-Man game in particular was excellent. Um, yeah, 
and they were obviously going to be making a sequel to that yep. and possibly another one after that. So why not pick them up? Yeah. Um, if they're going to be tied down for the next 10, 10 years plus anyway. So it's a good, it's a good yeah. move. And uh, apparently at Gamescom, they're talking about like being happy to port their first party PlayStation titles to PC in the future as well. Um, so yeah, there's, there's no reason they'll still get that revenue when it sells on PC. Um, so yeah, it makes sense from that perspective as well. Um, I don't know how that's going to seeing how Spider-Man is their, their big showcase for the power of the SSD. Um, I don't know how that's going to go for the PlayStation five, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting time for PlayStation for sure. Yep. Yep. Cool. Uh, next up, we've had a bunch of games refused classification in Australia. Mm. Uh, what year is it? <laughs> it's pretty weird. I do have a, a list. This was all like within the span of like a couple, a couple of, days. of days. Yeah. So we talked about the DayZ stuff um, the last couple of weeks. Yep. And then this week, it feels like there was a bunch. We got Hotline Miami collection yep yep kingdom come deliverance we yep. happy few yep and some rockstar game possibly red dead redemption possibly yeah red dead redemption dlc sorry red dead redemption 2 is that what it's called 2 dlc yes yeah dlc for number 2 yes um and yeah nobody really knows what that one is no but um, it's, a mystery. It's, it's called Bonaire. The only reason people think it might be Red Dead related is because uh, Bonaire is apparently an island somewhat close to where the fictional island you wind up on in Chapter 4 of RDR2 is. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, yeah. really know what to make of any of that, to be honest. The reality is, right, the fact that you could you could like it got RC'd. They they all got RC'd, and you could still purchase all of them for fucking. I think it was like nearly twenty four hours after they were RC'd on it digitally. Uh, they've been removed from digital stores now, uh, but obviously you can still very easily acquire them by VPNing wherever the fuck you want in the world. It's so easy to do uh, if you care enough to get them. Uh, or don't already own them, which I do for uh, what was the third one again? We happy few. Yeah, I don't Kingdom own Come. that. I don't own that. I do own Kingdom Come. Uh, I own Hotline Miami. I own RDR two, or if it happens to be that, I don't own We Happy Few. But I already own all the fucking RC games uh, and have done forever. I already own Daisy. Um, yeah, like. It's such a fucking toothless tiger move. It just shows how far behind the times they are at the classification board. Yeah, because these are all... Generally, these are games that are out that are being put over to different platforms or, or like, collections or something like that. They're not new games. Yeah. It's really strange what's going on over there. It's it's very odd. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it doesn't really have any impact at the end of the day, I guess. Yeah. All right, and that's the news. That is the news. The and Job lost half of his head. Oh no, I'm back down, am I? Yeah. Am I back up? 
We're doing like doing the maddest crunch <laughs> right now to make it work. There we go. Yeah. Tight. All right. Sweet. Cool. Uh, the Gap. You can find us on iTunes, Android, Windows Store, Spotify, YouTube, all those places uh, under The Gap or the GA Podcast. If you do have a couple of moments, please leave a review. Very helpful. Helps other people find the show yep. and they know that uh, it might be worth listening to. Uh, you can send us emails if you want, the GA Podcast at gmail.com. Did anybody send us emails? I feel like I saw an email this week. What? Yeah. Uh-oh. Um, and with Discord questions as well. Oh, I'm if on my fucking any... laptop, but I don't have the fucking... Uh, I'll have to find it. Oh, gosh, what have I pressed? Yeah, you have to fucking read it. Um, anyway. But we don't... The, have... um... no, no questions on Discord. Ask questions. We've got uh, Tristan next... send us an email saying that he enjoys the show. Oh, thanks, Tristan. Yeah. Nice. He's been listening for years, he says. What a legend. Um, otherwise, it's all PR emails in the email. So Tight. We like those too. Um, yeah. Send us a question. Send Luke questions about San Fran. Then he has to ask the answer them next week. It's a good question. Good. I think I'll still be here next week. Yeah, <laughs> but recording. like to be set up, you'll be about to go to San Fran. No, okay. Don't worry about it. All right. It's it's, it's beyond him. We had the uh, no because I'm looking at the the questions in Discord. We don't have any. But we no, that's did literally the what I said. Dangers one last week. We did. All right, easy. I like uh, can... as many names for us. He's always got a new one. He's always good. He does. He does. Um, yeah, anyway. What does he think about uh, Insomniac? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. It's probably fucking jizzing. Um, you, you were going to say oh, something? No, that's, that's, that's a different game, spiel. isn't it? Uh, is it? Is it Jack and Daxter? Jack and Daxter. That's Insomniac, Insomniac? isn't it? Yeah, right. Okay. He's going to be pissed if we're wrong. Oh, what happened here? I messed this up. That was where I dropped my keyboard. Um, you can find us on social media, Story Facebook. Talk. Oh, what have we done? Oh, is and it? Also, Ready at Dawn and also High Impact Games. We have fucked this up. Who did we're Jack and Daxter? Naughty Dog, apparently. Oh, what Insomniac do? Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. I always get them confused. They're basically the same, they're the same. Same game. Yeah. Same um, much. yeah exactly the same game. Um, anyway. Facebook.com slash GA Podcast, Twitter.com slash GA Podcast. You also find us on YouTube, the GA Podcast.com slash YouTube. You can go onto our Discord page as well, the GA Podcast.com slash Discord. If you want to check out our Dota 2 chat this yes. week, um, a lot yeah, of spoiler chat. Dota. Spoiler chat. Spoiler chat about Dota. We've got a spoiler chat channel so that you don't spoil it for people who haven't watched or. We were catching up on VODs, which is always good. Yep. Uh, do we want to talk about this Apex stuff real quick? I haven't paid any attention. Real quick. I just want to talk about it. Uh, so, obviously, last week, I, I ripped into the Iron Crown events because I, I felt that it wasn't the uh, best executed efforts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. On Reddit, they were responding to some criticism and... Uh, a dev, um, like a producer and and the community manager, they didn't even lash out. They used the same language that was being used. Like they were tonally consistent, I suppose. Like someone was literally swearing at them and uh, one of them clapped back and, and said like someone was being a dick. Uh, a dick. And suddenly like... 
it pisses me off so much. Like, suddenly all the fucking, all these concern trolling fuckheads are clutching at their handbags over how dare you use that language. Oh my God, I cannot believe it. This is, you deserve to be... To lose your job. Fired (laughs) for this and all this kind of shit. Um, it came to like Vince Zampella actually issuing an apology for his employees lashing out when they receive nonstop threats of violence and death threats and abuse. And it's, we have to get to a point where like as a fucking society where we no longer allow fucking words to have that impact, but as it is right now, cunts will use language as a weapon against others in an effort to... Like, they're not arguing in good faith when they try to claim that, you know, a community management shouldn't call them a dick. That's not an argument made in good faith. They didn't call, like... They said that people were acting like dicks and then someone acted like a dick and they said he was a dick, mm-hmm. essentially. Like, that's not verbatim what happened, but it's roughly what happened. Like, yeah. If you're not acting like a dick, then he's not talking about you. And if you are acting like a dick, fuck you. Like, God, why is this so hard? Nobody's upset when the fucking primary rule of PAX Australia is don't be a dick, all right? Mm. Or PAX worldwide, actually, is don't be a dick, right? But suddenly, yeah, suddenly a fucking CM or producer is like, oh, you're being a dick? And people fucking lose their shit. You know they're not being genuine. You know they don't genuinely care about being called a dick. All they're trying to do is curry favor favor with angry people who are angry about something very different. They're angry about Iron Crown. And all that it's actually doing is drawing attention away from what they're actually angry about. It's it's horseshit. Like it's just fucking garbage. Uh I'm yeah. Developers should be able to call people dicks if they're being fucking dicks. Everyone should be able to call someone a dick if they're yeah. being dicks. Uh, it's so fucking stupid that we were so stuck in this culture of ego fucking measuring bullshit. Like, just fucking, who gives a fuck, right? Like, Christ. Oh, sticks and stones, baby. Like, yeah. And that's kind of why I just didn't, like, I looked at it, saw what was going on, and was like, this is a non issue. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're making a big deal out of fucking nothing. I don't care. I was mostly just bummed out for the respawn team. I can't believe it. Like, I was fucking G'd up, right? I was like, fuck yeah, let's get into it. Like, let's have some fucking wars, Apex. And then I'm like, oh, no, I'm on respawn team again. Damn it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, All right. Maybe share your Discord. thoughts on yeah. Discord. <laughs> Um, you go to our website as well, the gapodcast.com. It's got links to all those uh, social medias and, and all those wonderful things you can check out, including past episodes of the show. Um, maybe you want to go check out last week where we talked about Borderlands for a while. For quite some um, time. Yeah. 
That's the jpodcast.com. That's all thanks to our Patreon members. If you want to help sh- support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash jpodcast. Thank you to everyone that does that every month. It's you greatly are the best. appreciated. We and very much appreciate it. Job does specifically. I do, actually. And I do as well. No, he's already said. <laughs> um, and uh, I think that is it. If you've got anything you want to uh, share that you've written about or, or videoed about or... Um, you can check out my thoughts on Borderlands 3 on RedBull.com. Um, I think that's it. Uh, I've been toying with a story about how esports needs more BM uh, in the bad manners sense, not in the bowel movement sense. Uh, but need more uh, toilet breaks. That's what more, we want. Damn it. Uh, have some respect. These games go for too long and I can't. I'm, I'm incontinent. No, um, yeah. Like I, I genuinely believe it. Uh, it's it's cropped up a number of times over the last couple of weeks, um, and again, people you know getting outraged over the actions of others uh, that have literally no impact on like one way or the other. Like if there's no gameplay impact, yeah, I just don't believe. I, I actually think we need more of it. To be honest, uh, it's cropping its head up. At the moment, particularly because people are again getting upset that OG are spamming the chat wheel, even though OG are far from the only team that does it. Uh, it's also entertaining as fuck, uh, and it's avoidable by the other team. They can mute it and stuff, so it doesn't really have a, any gameplay impacts. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like, uh, yeah, I looked, I went pretty deep on it and apparently it's like a coping mechanism for um the pub players like anna and thompson to keep in the mindset of playing a pub where they're always at the the top of the game when they try to play too professional and they don't chat wheel spam or anything they like they're well they're not having a good time so they don't play well sure um from a viewer perspective I think it needs to like there needs to be way more of it. We need fucking tons, tons more of personality in esports. We need it's so fucking bad, um, and yeah, it's crazy that like knowing Australia's history with um, bants and sledging, that it is wild to me that we would not want to see more of it because. Some of the shit cricket players have said over the years, <laughs> you wouldn't, you, I wouldn't like, I'm pretty easy going, but I think you probably cop one from me over some of the shit they said, like some real dog shit stuff, uh, going after like dead mums and stuff. <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, ironic for me to say that after my declaration of sticks and stones, but, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm toying with the idea, but I don't know if I'm actually going to crunch it out because it doesn't, it feels sort of light on. It feels sort of just anti-circle jerk, circle jerk type shit. And I don't want to do that. I want to be involved in that pointless mouthpiecing. So I don't know. Keep an eye out. I'll I'll promote it on my Twitter and stuff if I do wind up finding a way to write it that feels good. But uh at this stage, it might just be a topic for another day on the podcast. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, um, what about you? Like, me, what do you got? 
You can go to Survivor.com, um, check out, as as you said, Borderlands 3 coverage. Um, I wrote about Rainbow Six Siege, new season on that. Um, also some Ghost Recon Breakpoint, as well as uh, interviews with the developers, a couple of articles over there. And um, It's been busy. Yeah, it was busy. Yeah. It was very busy. And I think that is it. Yeah. That's cool. all. Nice. Good show. It was long. Yeah. Longer, Ten years. A lot longer than it's been. Ten years. <laughs> Congratulations, Luke. Yeah, that's what I do. Mm. Um, thanks to everyone that's listened, especially if you've been around for 10 years. Yeah. That'd be crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, that would be know. crazy. That's a lot. Otherwise, we'll be back next week. Big show, as I said. Control, ancestors, fuck whatever else we've got. Man of Medan. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's things coming. There's a lot coming out. Spicy show next week. Yes. Check it out. See you Bye. Bye.